We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. What's good, everybody? Before we get into today's very special episode, the Patreon changes are taking place as of tomorrow. Well, Friday, August 1st, moving forward. And hit up the Patreon to join our NFL Pick'em contest for the NFL season. Big vibes, big prizes going out. We're paying out top three from money to merch to a whole bunch of other dope shit. Go and check that out. And it will help grow the brand to the next level. My guest today is one of my best friends in the world, Mustafa Gonim. Mustafa is a public speaker, entrepreneur, does a lot of work with Dr. Eric Thomas, Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher. And if you guys are familiar with Mustafa, he's been on the show a few times over its existence and no one is requested more than Mustafa. A lot of life talks, fun talks, sports talks, a whole nine. This is one of my favorite episodes that I've ever done. Shouts to my guy, Mustafa. Go and check him out. He's doing some really, really dope shit out there. Enough about me, because you're about to hear me go off. Guys, podcast and chill edition, VM style, Mustafa Gonim, baby. I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. Yeah. You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got what I got. Uh. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? 
Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. As you can see in the bio, as you can see in the title of the show, my guest today, heavily, heavily requested, much anticipated, my brother, Mustafa. What's good, baby? Yo, what's up, man? I'm, uh, I'm happy to be back. Third time's a charm. Third time is a charm. Dude, I told you this last time. We've had a lot of, I've had a lot of big name guests on here. And I'd be lying to you if I said that anytime I get a big name on, I set the bar way too high. As far as the expectation post-production, mm. putting it out there. People like authenticity, people like realness, and people like the bonds that you can't replicate with people right. that you don't know. Right. And you and I go way, way back. Way back. How back yeah. we go? Middle school. <clears throat> Middle school. 141, baby. Shout out to 141, man. <laughs> Dude, uh, like I said, a lot, of, a lot of people have been asking for you. They like these conversations. There's no plan. Guys, there's no plan. I just told Mustafa, I was like, yo, pull up, let's record some shit, turn the, turn the mics on, turn the cameras on, and let's just, let's just talk. I haven't seen you, by the way. I have a, I have a bone to pick with you. Hmm. Last time I saw you. It was did... at the reunion. I remember. Okay. Okay. All right. So <laughs> you're right. I forgot about that. But prior to that, last time we did the show was when Habib fought, Yeah. came here, we watched mm -hmm. that. I know you're not the biggest UFC guy, but Habib is one of the pioneers of bringing the Muslim culture into UFC. And you being Muslim mm -hmm. was something that you could relate to. And I remember we watched it here. And yeah, man, I forgot about the reunion. Yep, 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 yep. Now, I remember both of those times. We came here. Big man Tony, mm -hmm. one of my favorite guys on the planet, uh, cooked up some uh, barbecue for us. And then we watched the fight, which was awesome. Yeah, damn, son, time flies, and especially with all the craziness that's been going on the last yeah, couple of months. Yeah, the last six months have been a, felt like a blur. Yeah, like a blur. Yeah, dude, it it all started. I think like I saw some. I wouldn't say funny memes, but those those tweets that went viral about how Kobe Bryant was the glue that kept everything together. Because if you really go back, man, it's like when that shit happened. And I got to be honest with you, and I've said this before, I was never a Kobe guy. Kobe wasn't like my favorite player, but respected greatness. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, same here. Like, I wasn't necessarily... I'm not a big basketball fan. I'll just be mm. honest. I'm terrible at basketball. I wasn't really a great... No Jimmy. No jump shot for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not a basketball guy. Clearly a baseball guy. Right. However, as I started studying, like you said, respecting greatness, I started studying Kobe, and I grew a huge admiration for him post-basketball career. Just what he was doing, his creativity, his dedication beyond just athleticism, right? Mm. I was like, wow, that's super respectful, very admirable for what he's doing. And that's when I started focusing on. And then we're at a conference in Cali. Literally, dude. I don't know about this. Yes. Go on. We're, in a con we're getting ready to host a conference in Cali. So we wake up Sunday morning. First, we go have breakfast with the team. We drive through... Uh, some parts of LA, I forget the, the name of it. It was my first time there. 
So we go by like Nipsey Hussle's store, right? And we're taking pictures and we're checking out the murals and we're like, yo, this is awesome. All right. Now the conference starts at like 12 or one o'clock. We're getting ready to pull up over there and we're going to start everything. Hate to cut you off. When? Give me a time period. Is this? This is the day Kobe passed. Oh, shit. This is literally. What the fuck? I got chills. Oh, my God. Literally the day Kobe passed, man. So we're now we finish up these, you know, morning little run and we're yeah, experiencing yeah. the city. We're trying to make a trip out of the work. You know what I'm saying? Like have fun and do the work thing at the same time. So we're now driving to the event. And then Nikki's sitting in the front seat and she goes, what? Kobe died. And we're like, shut up. Like, this has got to be a joke. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, this can't be real. Everyone then just panicked, starts looking at their phone, refreshing Twitter, looking online, and then the rumors, you know, like more of these headlines start popping up, unverified. Oh, he was with all his family, and we're like, oh my God. Yeah. Right? And we're, we're just losing it. So we call E, and we're like, yo, we think this is what happened. What are we going to do? Right? Because you're presenting in Cali uh, just minutes or hours after this took place. And yeah, man, sure enough, about an hour, two hours later, confirmed it was him, right? And then there was still, we weren't sure who was with him. We know mm-hmm. we was one of the kids, but then it, we weren't sure. Well, there was also rumors that, uh, I think it was Rick Fox was on the flight with him on the helicopter. And then oh, that yeah. kind of like yeah. got, which was crazy because like you said, man, so many times there's false headlines and you don't know what to believe. Right. And then it, it must have been unfortunate for Rick Fox's family to be like, what the hell? I'm seeing all these things now, too. And dude, dude that's dude. something you can't come back from. The one thing I thought about, honestly, was I was thinking about Kobe's wife, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. And imagine how she found out about the death of her husband and her daughter. Right. Like, I hate to go there, but you found out th- the same way everyone else found yeah. out. Yeah. Right. Because and this is the part that kind of upsets me about the internet because everyone is chasing the next headline. They want to be the first to post something or share something. You completely ignore the fact that this person has a family, Mm -hmm. a wife, children. Where's the respect? Like, hey, sorry to inform you, right? Like, think about just traditionally how that conversation is brought to a family member and you or, or their family has to find out just like how we found out. Yeah. What? Like, can you imagine that? I mean, God forbid, dude, but... Yeah, that's, that's immediately what I thought about. And that's kind of what had me a little upset at the internet. Like, dang, there is no filter whatsoever to know, all right, that's a, we shouldn't cross that line. I understand headlines in this, but hold on a second. Did, have we reached out to her? And that's just, that, that wasn't something that ever appeared as to what happened with that. And I'm like, that's messed up, dude. You, you hit the nail on the head there on that one point about there is a problem with social media People want to be first rather than being right. And I see it on a way lesser, way lesser uh, level. You know, you're you're talking about a life and death situation. I'm talking about, you know, a guy gets injured or a guy gets traded. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, Lamb, what do you think? What do you think? What's going on? It's like, yo, I've always been someone to, and I still do it. And people get tight because they want instant results. And I also, I also realize that I don't capitalize on the opportunity to talk about, X player getting traded, mm-hmm. Y player getting hurt, this guy's holding out. It's like, yo, I'd rather try to give you an honest and fair assessment and reaction than getting it out first. Right. Because there's countless times where people just don't have any idea what they're talking about. Right. They just want to be first. They want to be down. Something is trending. You want to put your thing out there. Me, it's like, yo, let me sit back. Give me a day. And I promise you'll tell me to shut my ass up when I <laughs> spew out everything I need to say. What was the vibe like in Cali 
when that happens because Kobe is he, to me he's in the Mount Rushmore of athletes who meant something to a city like no one else. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like, when you think Lakers, you thought Kobe. And I know they've had greats. They've had Kareem. They've had Magic. They've had Shaq. Guess what? They ain't put 20 years in. No. When I think New England, I think Brady. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, even Peyton Manning. I think Peyton Manning, it's like, yeah, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame as a Colt. But he also did really, really well. <laughs> you could argue that his apex kind of, his ceiling was the season that he threw the 50-plus touchdowns with Denver. Right. And he won MVP. So... There's not many lifers in the game. Dirk mm-hmm. Nowitzki is another guy. Tim Duncan. It's like, yo, I think Spurs, t- uh, Tim Duncan. Come on, I'm waiting for you to mention Jeter. I'm on the Jeter! edge of my seat. Like, come on, dude. I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to avoid the Jeter talks. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you're right. Jeter's in that too. Right. And especially for our generation. I think I think the the players that I mentioned were Jeter, Duncan, Kobe, mm-hmm. and uh and Brady. Because right. at the time when all this was happening, Brady was still on the Patriots. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So what was the vibe like in in Cali when this happened? You can literally sense the shock. Everyone was just in total shock. The audience was shocked. Uh, just driving around the city, there was just like a like a still air, right? Like it was mm. just weird. Like I even flew out that night, flew back to New York, and I it just it was a weird vibe, right? It was just a total shock. No one really knew how to respond. And again, a lot of that information was still incomplete, right? We didn't know what happened or who was on. I don't know. I can't remember if, if it was revealed at that time that only his daughter was with him and they were on their way and all that stuff. So definitely that shock, though, man. It was just a weird time for sure. So we ended up avoiding the context. Like, and I love what you said because it's like you can leverage that opportunity and be like, yo, I had a conference today of Kobe's death and we spoke on X, Y, Z and you can try and use that for mm. leverage. But it was just like it was a time that we totally avoided the conversation and we addressed it like, of course, from a, a respect standpoint, but not went deep and tried to establish and build content around it. It was just touched on briefly like, yo, this is the importance why we need to value our time here and now. Well, that's because you have feelings and you care and you're not a dick. Right. That's why you didn't make it about yourself. And, right. you know, one thing that I don't know what it is about you, you fuck. You always bring out, like, the most honesty out of me. That's cool. And that's why I love these conversations that we have. I reached out to my friend Hannah. Hannah and I work for Chat Sports. Shout out to Hannah. I've had her on the show before. She's the Laker girl over there. Hmm. Chat Sports is a platform that everyone is assigned to one particular team. For the most part, the really cool thing about it is... You know, I do the Knicks and the Giants, two of my favorite teams. Mm-hmm. She does the Lakers. And I reached out there and I was like, I was like, yo, I want to get you on the show. I, I released Monday and Thursday. I was like, I would love to record with you to, you know, talk about what it meant for Kobe. Yo, the moment I pressed send, I was like, damn, son. So petty of me. Right. So like, so whack. So whack. And then she reached out to me like a week later. She's like, yo, I was devastated. My bad. I didn't ignore you. on purpose. I was like, dude. Believe me, when I right. pressed send, I felt like such an asshole because right. I didn't think about like what the other person was going right. through. Right. So that was like kind of a learning experience for me. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It's important, man. It's important. And, and again, when when we start living life through that perspective of like, man, what is the other person on the other end of the screen, on the other end of the table, on the other end of the line? What's their life like? Mm-hmm. What's their unique perspective like? Right. And, and how can I begin to prioritize their perspective just as mine? 
or just as much as mine. So like one of the ways, and you know, we've talked about this, the whole flight assessment, and I will send you yours today. I will send you yours today, right? It's been going on for like 18 months. (laughs) I will send you yours today. But one of the things I teach on is when you overvalue your perspective, you automatically undervalue the other person's experience. Mm. It's like you pretty much trying to tell them like, yo, everything you've been through in your entire life, everything you've had to navigate to stay alive until this point, it doesn't matter because mine is better. Mm. Right? That's what it's like. Right? Think about that. So it's like, how can we practice that concept of delayed gratification? Right? Like, like stop trying to be, are you just that desperate for attention and energy that you got to be, but, but look at me, like, come on, let's, let's, I want to be, just chill out for a moment, right? Yeah. Prioritize other people, man. And that is eventually who end up winning in the long run, mm. right? Like that consistency for the, for the long haul, it's usually the people who have put in work day in and day out. Kobe Bryant isn't Kobe Bryant because he had one great game. Mm. Because he put up 80 points one game and retired. Yeah. No, we think of Kobe Bryant 20 years. Sustained excellence. Five rings, right? Like 14-time NBA All-Star and, and just a crazy yeah. long resume, right? That's what we appreciate about the greats is that they have that consistency. So I think it's that same concept that we need to bring to just how we go about doing life, man. Tell the people a little bit about this flight assessment. Tell the people also, because, you know, the, the show is... It's at a very nice place. I'm not content, but I'm very happy with how the show has been. You know, I'm coming up on a year now where it's been, it's been me mm-hmm. flying solo with all the change of the show. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. Initially, initially, it was sort of a roller coaster, but it was more Nitro. Like, you ever been on Nitro in Six Flags? I love Nitro. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, it's like a... Uphill, 100 feet. I, I think you're selling it short, 100 <laughs> feet, but it's a gigantic drop. And... From a listens and downloads perspective, that shit like plummeted initially. And it wasn't until, man, information changes the narrative. And Mm -hmm. I strongly believe that. It wasn't until one of my favorite podcasts had a turnover very similar. Mm. Where it was a three-man panel, it became two. But my personal favorite left. Mm. I stopped listening. Wow. With no disrespect to the other two guys because I still follow them. I still love their work. But it was like I was more of a fan of X person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I saw that with the changes in the show with me where initially, and I expected it. Right. Because I put my experiences in that with mm-hmm. that show and with other shows. You know, SVP and Rosillo used to have the one to four slot on ESPN radio. One of my favorite shows to listen. They broke it up. Scott Van Pelt became the head guy for SportsCenter. And then initially I was like, ah. It's not the same show. I don't like it. But what wins you over in the long run? Sustained excellence. Mm-hmm. I just controlled what I could control, and that—that's one thing that has changed the most about me. Try to not trip over things I can't control. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and you start to understand that. And I do think that's what maturity, growth, and initially there was a decline. But again, sustained excellence. This has been going on for coming up on five years now that I've been doing this show, and. It just started to pick up again. Mm. And I really believe it's all about weathering that initial storm. Mm-hmm. That storm might have been a couple of days, might have been a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Luckily for me, it was a couple of months. Right. And it's been on a steady, steady incline since. So I know I kind of went off a little bit on a tangent there, but why I even brought all that is because some people might not know who you are outside of just a good, good ass friend of mine. Right. 
what is it that you do? What's this flight assessment shit which you promised me 18 fucking months ago that you were going to send? Piece of trash. Yeah. Man, so, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I guess a, a, a entrepreneur by trade, mm. right? A business consultant. And does that, I'm sorry, does that upset you? What's that? Like the entrepreneur thing. Do you, Is there a kind of, do you get, when you get feedback from people, they're like, oh, entrepreneur. Has that changed a little bit? Yeah, so I've actually started to embrace what I am because for a long time I hated titles. So I, I don't I don't use the word hate like I'm very against that word because it's a super extreme. But I truly hated titles. Mm. Like I came across across a meme one time that said people ask you what you do to figure out how much respect to give you. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I cannot stand titles like that. Is oh, goosebumps. I'm telling you, man. That's it's so like, true. What about me as a person, right? And, and I'm, I don't know. I'm not passive by any means. Like, don't get it twisted. But for me, I really care about the human element. I mm. care people. I care about people for their individuality, right? Who they are as a person, not what they have, not how talented they are, not what I can get from them or by being around them. I don't care for any of those things. I care for meaningful relationships, thought provoking conversation. So, titles for me. I couldn't stand because it would make something very shallow, right? Like a, a unique exchange, it would automatically turn super shallow because now we're thinking about, oh, you're you're in uh, you're in business. How can we uh, collaborate together and and I'm take like, advantage of the? Yeah, it's like yo, I get it. We're all trying to win and succeed and call it whatever you want, but let's just build a mutual relationship first and then see if there are other opportunities that can come about it naturally. That we're like, yo. Man, you, you're into this space, like me too. Like you know what? What? And and it just happens naturally. And those tend to be some of the greatest ideas. So before I go off on a tangent as well, I couldn't stand titles, but as I started to look inward for who I am, and I wasn't allowing the world to give me definitions that mm. I need to kind of start to wear to fit in, I embraced that title of an entrepreneur. I I, I worked with. Similar to your experience, my father's business since I was seven years old. Mm. I started my own business, my first real business at 50. Uh, well, how old was I? Hold on. I was. Uh, we were in high school. I was in high school. Exactly. I remember that. Yeah. Started my first real business on my own. And that's when I did, you know, some work with Eric Thomas. It was my it was my own real business. And I carried that project. So then I started looking at my history and I'm like, man, like you've done it. You've started another business in the hospitality industry. You started another kind of like boutique consulting firm that does the work. And I'm like, all right, I'm an entrepreneur. By trade, what I do, I can just describe it as an entrepreneur. So that, that's how I come across that title. So to be honest with you, yes, it used to piss me off. And there's the, the, the short answer to a very, uh, or a long answer to a short question. I love it. I love it. It used to bother me, but now I'm just like, no, it's who I am. Because that definition came inward, not from what the world told me I need to be so that I can fit in and be accepted by you. I like it. Because I do feel as if it kind of puts on a cap on your ceiling too. Mm -hmm. I don't describe you as a public speaker. Yeah, me neither. So you don't get offended by that? No. No. I don't like when people say I'm a podcast host. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm a hustler. Right. That's what I like to tell people first. Mm -hmm. And they get mm -hmm. shocked because there's a negative stigma to the term hustler. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, if I tell you what I do in one week, you'll understand what I mean by hustler. Right. Right. So that's how I like to describe myself. Mm -hmm. Trying mm -hmm. to get it from everywhere. Right. Right now I have 
over a handful of incomes mm-hmm. the right way. I don't want to come off as like, <laughs> I'm on the Whoa. block, dog. I'm on the block. Whoa. No, no. But like, you know, it's the growth of the show, the streaming, my nine to five business, quote unquote, right. selling merch, all this stuff that comes into play. Hustler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's something where I want to change that, the, the initial like, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. That initial like hesitation when you tell someone. Yeah. And then I go into detail, right? And I kind of say the same thing as you, entrepreneur, content creator, um, host, broadcaster, a little bit of everything. Jack of all trades. Swiss Army knife, as they say. Hey. Tell, <laughs> tell us about this flight assessment thing. What is that about? Yeah, so this is a tool, man, that has been around for over 100 years. It was, it was actually developed in 1928. Mm. Um, and uh, the, the creator of this information was the person who also invented the first lie detector machine. And he created the character Wonder Woman. Oh, shit. Yeah. So my man was just absolutely fascinated with human behavior. And similar to what I just described, he wanted to know what made people them based on how they're wired and less about their desire to fit into the world. So in today's society, you think about people and what happens with people of our generation, right? Millennials or whatnot. They kind of have this midlife crisis before they reach the age of 50. It's like at 25, everyone's like, whoa, hold on a second. I have no idea who I am. I grew up around a bunch of friends, social media error. I tried to do this persona or live this life that may have even got me results. It may have got me success. I may have even made a lot of money, but I've hit a pinnacle point in my life where I'm not happy. Mm. And you start to realize that money without happiness is absolute crap. It means nothing. So what's the best way to sustain? And we go back to that concept of consistency for greatness. You have to start from the inside out. So the flight assessment is simply a tool. It's an online survey or questionnaire that you fill out and it gives you a report that helps you to begin to self-reflect and become more self-aware of your behavioral tendencies in terms of how you like to act or how you often communicate. With that information now, you're able to strategically position yourself in areas that are leaning more on your talents and what you're good at instead of your non-talents. Because you think about what we're taught in school. You've got to focus more on the things you don't do well. Mm. You suck at math? Go get math tutoring. Mm. Work on your weaknesses, right? That's, that's something we're always taught. As opposed to if I'm a genius in chemistry. Double down on chemistry, my dude. Spoiler, not a genius <laughs> at chemistry. Well, right, yep. double down, yeah. That's the concept. So we've been taught life backwards. Like I understand for school it was applicable, but we didn't learn anything new in the real world. So hence, we go about life the same exact way. We're not really thinking about our thinking, right? So now you get this new increased conscious knowledge about how you are. I'm now able strategically to put myself in positions where you're relying on the things I'm good at. I'm not trying to be what I see to be success. So for example, you know, I work very closely with ET. Mm. In the beginning, when I first started this public speaking realm or just the work that I was doing, I thought that for me to be successful, I had to be ET 2.0 and failed miserably. Why? I'm not that loud. Like, E's gift is in his voice. People who have never sat next to him, you don't understand the power, the sound in his voice. Like, the room trembles. The man cannot whisper. He has a very powerful voice. That's what ignites energy in people. So if you think that you're just going to yell and be effective, it doesn't hit. So I started taking this information. I'm like, yo, I don't have to be loud. As a matter of fact, my superpower is in being authentically me. It's about being that strategic thinker that I am. 
the person who knows how to negotiate and create win-win solutions for multiple parties who are involved. I know how to dissolve crises before they go out and get, you know, too, too far out of pocket. So I started utilizing that skill set to help me build my business success as opposed to, again, try and manipulate or cope or recreate what I see others doing and wonder why I'm not further ahead. So that, that's really what it is, man. It's about digging inward to find out who you are and letting go of these labels that you feel you need to be or carry so that you can be accepted or quote unquote successful. Why do you think it's taken so long for people to discover that issue of not doubling down on the things you're good at and working on the things that you're bad at? Yeah, instant gratification and distraction. Those are the immediate answers. Have you been asked this question before? I haven't. Oh, because you answered that really quickly. <laughs> that was pretty fire. <laughs> yeah, I was ready. Man, no, but it's, it's a true core concept of what we teach, man. You know, uh, oftentimes you think about why people, every single year you hear people talking about, man, this is my year. Mm. I'm going to kill it this year. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start that business, right? And then a couple months come by and then you start to see him falling back into old habits. Like, man, what happened? Well, it's easier for me to eat the donut than the salad. Why? The donut satisfies me right now. It feels mm. good now. The salad, I don't really see results until 90 days later. So oftentimes people are tempted to take the short route, the, la- the path of least resistance, the easy way out, because they get satisfied in the moment. The difficult thing to do is to delay that gratification and be like, ah, man, I, I, love, bro, I love donuts. Like, this is for real. I love donuts, right? They're popping. <laughs> but the, 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 the serious discipline and greatness comes in the concept of being able to say, no, I'm not going to do it now because I know what I'm chasing is greater. And you hold it off one day and then the day becomes a week. Next thing you know, it's a month. And then you know you don't even crave it anymore because you're just so much closer to your goal that you begin to get focused on that. So ultimately, it comes down to those two things. That was the big thing with me when it came to alcohol. Wow. When I got to my heaviest, I was 240, 246. You look great now, by the way. Thank you, man. Yeah, Thank you. I, uh, I didn't get fat during quarantine. Mm. I um, started quarantine at like 210. I did balloon up prior to quarantine. Okay. And now I'm like 195, kind of just like... Solid. Yeah, it's good. You know, I'm, I'm very happy with it. A lot of people I know put on some weight during quarantine. And I think one of the big issues is because you're just so bored at home. Right. People just eating and shit. You yeah. know, like... it's. I know a lot of people might not like their job or the 9 to 5 thing. They might not be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Right? You always hear people talk about that. But I think it's also a good distraction. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what you have until you lose it. Right. That's something that gets thrown around so much that people get angry when you mention that, like, saying or or quote. But I think that was a big thing for me when it came to losing weight, dude, because everyone that would see me working out, they'd be like, yo, you're an animal. Right. Like, why aren't you in better shape? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yo, I like drinking. I like <clears throat> burgers and shit at three in the morning. Right. So going back to the donut versus the salad thing. That was the same thing with me with with alcohol. And look, I don't want to come off. I might be coming off as an alcoholic. I wasn't. But like I was drinking Friday, Saturday nights. And I love beer. To this day, beer, I'll take beer over anything. Beer is like one of the worst things that you can drink. But it wasn't until I was like, yo, look, you mentioned the age 25. Mm -hmm. I can relate to that shit crazy because I was someone at 25 who was being pulled in so many different directions. I was out of shape. Right. I was fat for my standards. I was fat and it was something that I needed to make that decision of 
all right, you know what? Let's go. Let's cut it all out for 90 days. Mm -hmm. Let's cut it all out. Dude, I didn't have a drink for like six months. Wow. And then I realized that like, I don't need it to have fun, right? Because when you're younger, you're like, yo, I got a booze so I can go and approach that chick at the bar. Right. You get more confidence and whatnot. Because when I drink, I'm a great time. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not... There's two kind of people when they drink, right? It's the beer muscle guy. Like, you look to fight someone, bumps into you. Like, yo, motherfucker, what's going on? And there's the other guy just happy-go-lucky. That's me, <laughs> you know? So, But then I realized, like, yo, I didn't need that. Right. I didn't need that to, I wouldn't say to be happy, but to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Then I was able to cut it back and, like, yo, I could count on, on one hand how many times I've gotten, like, plastered right. the last four years. Right. All of them have been on vacations. Mm-hmm. Dom's bachelor party, Danny's bachelor party. It's a celebration. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I don't be doing that no more. The whole drinking thing like, like that. Like I was when I was 21. Most of it, bro, to be honest with you, is because I'm still not where I want to be physically. Right. And I feel like for me personally, like how you said with donuts, you'd be craving donuts. Like I do have cravings for beer and alcohol, but... My mind is on the long term as far as like, what kind of damage is this going to do to me physically? Like the next day I can't go work out right. if I'm hungover. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more, dude. I couldn't agree more. It's a, it's an issue that a lot of us face and in different areas, right? Mm -hmm. Like my struggle may not be alcohol. I don't drink. Uh, but you know, the temptation is elsewhere. So it's not to make somebody feel like, Oh, you're terrible. You're, you're broken, right? Like you got to be perfect to succeed. That's not, at all the conversation, we all have our vices, right? And I think what COVID brought out because of the free time, it actually magnified people's vices. Mm. Because you had more time to spend with yourself, those who couldn't sit at home in the, 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 the peace of their own presence, it really revealed, it should have revealed a lot of things to people. It should have woke you up to some things like, wow, something is not okay with me. Like the fact that I can't sit in my own presence, I get it. Like after a while, it became difficult for anybody. I don't care who you are. Right. Two months in isolation is difficult. Like that's damn near jail, right? Yeah, yeah. Seriously. That's what I, that was the analogy that I would make. Right, there. right, right. But in the beginning, a lot of people were taking some tremendous advantage of the opportunity. Why? Because they were healthy from within. Mm. So that's why for me, the approach to life, it's, it's inside out. Man, like I've been blessed and super grateful. I've made more money than I can ever imagine, right? Like beyond belief. You trying to buy some more gear, though? There's some gear I, hanging I mean, on. I'm representing right now. <laughs> representing. Yo, you showed I came up with to the, the shirt I on. came with the shirt. I, I came ready. It. I love it. But I, I realized that, dude, it doesn't matter. I know it sounds so weird. Like, understand, man, I don't come from money. And you know this, right? Yeah, like, yeah, my family yeah. struggled quite a bit. I lost my father as a freshman in high school. And my upbringing was not the prettiest. We really had to pinch together pennies. Like, I remember there was a time our senior trip, dude. Remember you had to lend me money to go on the trip? I do. That's, like, that's, that's some humbling stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't have you come to that without... That's the kind of person I am, too. You see what I'm saying? I really... I've always been this guy. I've always been this caring and thought-provoking. Right. I got lost in the middle of it. Yeah. My early 20s, I got lost. Yeah, man, because you start to think that you can't win as you are, and that's mm. just not true. You just got to fight through that resistance. Like, we use the example of a rocket ship, right? They say that a rocket ship uses almost half of its, half of, half of its fuel in the first 8 to 15 minutes of launch. Why? Because it has to build momentum to break through just the, the, the resistance of Earth. Once it's out there... And to orbit, it spends the rest of its time, couple of days in orbit with the remaining fuel. So you mean to tell me it uses 50% of its 
fuel in the first eight to 10 minutes so it can break through resistance and gain some momentum. And then it can kind of float in space once it breaks through the resistance. And I think that's what it is. With a lot of us, we kind of came up and thought that, man, I can't win with this, you know, uh, caring uh, someone who is empathetic or sympathetic and I understand other people's perspective. I care about, you know, you having a good time and I don't want to have a good time where I'm not successful as long as, you, you know, you're struggling. That doesn't make sense. So you start to realize I got to be something else. I got to be a jerk to win. The nice guys finish last. And that's probably one of the dumbest analogies there is. Facts. You start to prove yourself and walk in who you are and in your true confidence, what we call your true authentic self then you don't care about what other people, whatever labels, what they're saying. It's like, no, I could go. I'm so passionate about this topic. Keep I could going. go on for it forever, man. But it's like one of my mentors tells me that the stronger a man is, the more gentle he can afford to be. So you as a male, you think that you got to be this rah-rah guy. And it's like, yo, that's actually quite the opposite. When you're a true man, you don't mind, again, putting other people's you know, preferences or priorities ahead of yours because you want to make sure you navigate the storm. So during that time, you know, for me, again, struggling financially with my mom and my family. And, and I remember, like I said, leaning on you to, to lend me money to go to senior trip. And I, w I didn't even ask. Like, that's how, you know, you know, we all have grown and developed. I didn't ask. And he was like, dude, like, you have to come, like, whatever the case may be. And then we ended up going, of course, had a great time. But all of that to say that I didn't come from money. So it's mm -hmm. not like I'm talking about money like, oh, money doesn't mean anything because I've always been super wealthy. No. But I, again, I just learned the hard way that fi finances don't mean nothing if you're not healthy from within. Dude, I, uh, I remember that because the type of guy I am, Moose, is I like, I don't like having fun if I know someone else can't have fun because of like a financial situation. Because mm -hmm. also, guess what? I don't come from money either. Right. <clears throat> I'm not someone that's balling and I've never been like that. My dad, to this day, we've never been on a family vacation. I cannot emphasize that more right never right my mom and dad and we've never been on a family vacation my goal now is to retire them mm -hmm. that's all that i'm doing now Amazing. days that i don't got it days that i'm like ah, fuck this yo i don't want to record because guess what it ain't always sun sunshine and rainbows no, no there's a lot of things sometimes where it's just like yo like i'm fatigued bro i'm tired mm -hmm. i just don't have the energy for it but my whole thing now is gsd get shit done mm -hmm. you just have to and going back to what you said about like how I was, that that's always the kind of person I was. Dude, even to this day, can I tell you something? Please. Uh, I, I haven't told you this. I had an incident with a friend of mine. <clears throat> I had on the UFC ring girl. She does Ariani Celesti. Shouts to her. She has this company, Girlfriend Box. And it's like a subscription-based company, which every month, say you're in a relationship and like you have an awful memory. Which you do because you haven't fucking sent me this flight assessment for 18 months. And you can set up, you pay it for the year or monthly. And it's like it delivers to your, your plus one a gift. Mm. It's like a box with clothing and it could fit her style. Like, um, you know, is she like a punk rocker? Does she want more lingerie sexiness? You know what I'm saying? Like it Fire. fits whatever your girl yeah. or, or whoever is into. Yeah. She asked me. Hey, do you know anyone that like would be interested like being an influencer kind of? Oh, nice. I was like, yeah, I actually have a couple people. 
in the heat of the moment now. And I understand, folks, I understand I fucked up. But this is just how I am. And I always think that a lot of times, a big issue that we have now in our society is you don't allow context. Mm -hmm. You don't allow someone to explain what they mean exactly. Right. It's like Mustafa tweeted, he's a punk. It's like, oh, what do you mean by that? It's like, yo, you don't know like everything that's happened into that. Right. Right. Read the room kind of situation. Drew Brees came out and said the things about the flag with the military. And it's like, dude, let's not be ignorant. Let's not be naive. There are people that feel that way. Mm -hmm. But two days after George Floyd, all the craziness that was happening. Drew, you can read a 3-4. You can't read the room? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's context. You need to be able to read the room and read the situation. Mm -hmm. Going back to the story with the girl. She's like, hey, can you give me someone's information? I would love to connect with them. I was like, yeah, here, take her number. I hit up my friend whose number I gave out. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, what's good? So-and-so just reached out to me. I gave her your number. In the event you see the area code, whatever. You know what happened? I got chewed out. <laughs> I got chewed out. And I was like, yo, I'm so sorry. She's like, you know, don't give out my number. And I was like, yo, I feel you. But it's a female to female? Or it's a, yeah, it's a okay. female to female. But I understand that it was invading private. I get that. Okay. I know I fucked up. But in that situation, like, it wasn't like a random fan asked. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's someone established. Bro, if Saquon Barkley, I know you have all these athletes and shit that you're doing. You're with the Timberwolves now. <laughs> Saquon Barkley's like, yo, Mustafa, I'm trying to get on this sports podcast to tell my story. Do you know anyone? Right. Motherfucker, if you don't give him my social security number, <laughs> we're fighting. But I understand that guy and girl, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to think that I'm very self-aware. I'm one of the few people that I know, and I know it's weird when you talk about yourself, is I don't have a problem admitting my flaws right. and admitting when I'm wrong. But it's one of those situations where right. I always put people ahead of even myself. And it's like, yo, I didn't even think of that being a bad thing that I did. I thought of it like, yo, this is a really good opportunity for someone to yeah. capitalize on this. Right, right. Yeah, man. That's, I mean, look, that, that, again, I'll go back to that flight assessment because that's what we learn about some of the, the good that comes with everyone's style and some of the limitations. So if I were to make you aware, like, hey, Nick, be mindful of giving unsolicited advice. Mm. You know, like that's that's something that kills a lot of people. Right. Because I bet you there's somebody out there who's listening right now who's like, yo, I cannot stand that person who every time I'm trying to tell them how I feel, they want to make me, you know, give me feedback on what I should be doing or how I'm doing everything wrong. Right. That's because the person you're communicating to is not sensitive to this concept of sometimes you just got to listen. Like mm. this is not an opportunity for you to, regardless of how brilliant you may be, Sometimes people just want to be heard. Well, I, I think that a lot of people don't understand that just listening. That's one thing that I really like about this forum and the whole podcast and interviewing. Yeah. I think you could dominate a conversation by being silent, mm-hmm. by just being all ears. Yeah. You know, you spoke for three minutes and I was able to pick up on so many different things. You right. know, one thing that I really, I really dial up and, and hone in on whenever I have these conversations, like, yo, no phones. Right. There's not many places where you can just sit down and chop it up with no distractions. And it's like, I have my phone right here, but it's because I got to stop to align the cameras and right, shit. Right. Besides that, it's like, yo, no phones, man. Right. Especially when I have conversations like this. Like, I understand when I record with Alan on Thursdays and we put out the NFL stuff and it's like, yo, I need to know the yards per carry or the mm-hmm. stats or whatever. I get that. That's, a, that's an exception. But when I do these podcasts and chills and we're just sitting back chopping it up, it's like, yo, let's, let's put that away for a little bit. Right. 
Let's just talk right. and, and assess what each one is, is saying and doing. And I think one thing that I've realized is just being an ear for someone could be so impactful. Well, huge, huge. The, the weight of unsaid words is heavier than the strongest man or woman can carry. Mm. All right, like that's tough, man. Like so for some people, again, it's not about, you notice that strength through, through this conversation is taking a different approach, right? It's not about how much weight you can carry. It's not about how much crap you've been through. Like it's not a, a competition of whose life is worse. Right. It's just a matter of knowing that, man, sometimes when you have something that's weighing on you, and you can just like get the like communicate that to a trusted source that is a good listening supportive ear for you that can automatically just lift you know that 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 just that thing right in here and everyone right. knows what I'm talking about right and you just like man that feels so much better so i couldn't agree more bro like but it it goes back to that concept of do you have what it takes to put somebody else's needs ahead of you or do you always need to be the star of every single show every single conversation every single space that you're in takes a special person you know and shout out to you for that because not many people can do that i've come i've come to realize <clears throat> every little bit of success that i've had with this show and just even the networking it all happened because of the authenticity yeah huge and i don't expect nothing from anybody right i've ran into so many people man and now you know prior to covid i got out to vegas and i met with a lot of folks a lot of fighters a lot of people in the UFC. Shit, I got credentialed, bro. Me mm -hmm. and Alan were going to go to the April card when Habib was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson. That fight's been... Do you know the history of that fight? I don't know. So five times it's been scheduled. Wow. All five times it's been canceled. Shoot. Habib gets sick. Tony blows out his knee two days before the fight, stepping on cable wire. Wow. It's, it's the most anticipated fight in UFC history that'll never happen because it's cursed, right? It was Clearly. funny in the in the MMA community. It's like, oh my God, COVID's gonna take Tony and Habib away from us. <laughs> and then Tony Ferguson ends up fighting in May. He loses to Justin Gaethje, and now it's like, you know, it's gonna be a tough road for him to get back to there. There are a couple of fights that can happen that could get him back to that title picture. But now it's like, is Habib gonna be able to beat Gaethje? Mm. Habib just had his father pass away. People right. have no idea what his intentions are to fight again. You know, because. The the card that we watched together, his last fight, that was Habib's last fight. Yeah, Poirier was his last fight. That was the first time his father his father yeah, was I remember in his that. corner. I remember that. And I can I remember seeing the excitement on his face, like just pure joy. When Habib fought Connor and he jumped into the stands, the first thing he said when he went back to the locker room, he's like, My dad's gonna fuck me up. Mm. And you're Habib, bro. Right. You've been wrestling bears since you were fucking <laughs> seven years old. Right? And that was the level of respect between father and son there. And going back to why I even brought this up with the, with the UFC thing, it's like, yo, I got credentialed, right? We were going to go as media mm -hmm. to cover the fight. Wow. It's like all these things happened by like, you know, I met with some people out there and I didn't do anything. I didn't ask for anything. You know, I sat in when fighters were being interviewed on another podcast and I didn't ask, like, yo, can I get some? It's like, nah, man. I was able to just sit there, observe, watch mm -hmm. how, like, the pros do it, right? People that are actually going and credentialed. Right. And so many things blossomed from that. I think a lot of people ask way too much. And sometimes you're just not ready for it. Right. That's why you haven't been asked. Right. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Right, dude, it, sometimes I think the greatest curse for somebody is to get the, the opportunity that they've been looking for. Mm. <laughs> like, seriously, like you might think, oh, man, I just can't wait. I just want this. And then you get it and you blow it and you have messed up your resume forever. Right. Right. Like you become the person that's just like, just ignore him. Like dismiss whatever. I don't care how bad he wants it. We're not letting this dude in. Right. Because you just messed up your one shot. But again, I know what we're talking about is not more. It's not the most favorable thing. To stay disciplined, right? To stay humble, to, to practice humility and, and, and just work in day in and day out. I'm not saying work yourself to, to the bone, right? 20 hours a week. I'm not a, I'm not a, or 20 hours a day. I'm not someone who preaches that message, but I'm just saying if you just stay true to who you are and you trust your path, you trust the timing, eventually things will line up for you. It's just a matter of like clearing out your motives, man. Too many people, they don't have pure motives. They're always looking about what can I gain from, how can I, benefit from right it's just like and you you i sense that i sense that like there's now time you know people who reach out because they see even some of the network or the relationships and they're like hungry to do this and it's like you can just tell like dude do you just think i'm like a piece of meat that you're just gonna use me and throw me off to the side to get to the circle or to the next person like what do you do you not think i work just as hard to be in this position what, what are you trying to say mm. right so it's like sometimes you got to have pure motives man and just kind of Trust your timing. If it's not here, it's going to be elsewhere. But just just do the right thing. You never get... I feel like this whole thing is becoming like a, a preaching... Nah, bro. We're just <laughs> shooting the shit. Yeah, but you're, but you're right, though, because you know how much I like Eric Thomas. Oh, that's my guy. Have I ever asked you, like, yo, connect me with him? Have no, I ever, no, no. The only thing I've asked you is, like, yo, I would love to come to an event one time right. where you're doing your speaking. I would right. love to be there. Shit, right. you spoke at our old high school, bro. Yeah. And I worked the camera for you. Recorded yep. some shit. Yep. yep. I just wanted to be in that presence. I like, I'm a fan of, yo, one thing that we don't do enough is showing love and appreciation to people. Right. Like, yo, it's not embarrassing to be like, yo, I'm a fan of what you do. Yeah. I love awesome. what you're doing. It's awesome, dude. It's dope. Yeah. Yeah. And yo, you'll, You'll never understand how much it means to that person, no matter how big they might be. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. As someone who, it's like a random Wednesday, don't got no energy to record. Right. I put something on my Instagram story. Someone hits me up like, yo, man, that last show you did or that, that post, man, that shit hit right. me different. It's like, yo, keep going. It's like, oh, wow. There's the PEDs right there. Yeah. It's, it's, and I think like, I want to go back to Kobe real quick. That really changed me in that sense where, like, Kobe was supposed to be around forever. Especially NBA guys. A lot of NBA guys live, like, like Bill Russell's still pulling up left and right. You right. know what I'm saying? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's, shit, they wrote songs about Magic Johnson with, right. with the AIDS thing. Shit, right. it, uh, I could live through anything and Magic made it, right? right? It's like NBA personalities and athletes, they live, I think they have the longest life expectancy of every, any athlete, mm -hmm. right? NFL, it's way down because of the CTE and the wear and tear on your body, brain damage and shit. <clears throat> but like with Kobe, it's like, yo man, shit could go at any time. Right. You need to appreciate the now. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing that I could tell you with a thousand percent honesty has changed with me over the last couple of years because I always had my mind on the future, whether mm. it was relationships, whether it was the podcast, whether it was working out, whether it was anything, I really worried about like, yo, five years from now, I want to be here. Right. Five years from now, I want to do this, that, or, or next year. It's like, yo, the now has become my main priority. Mm -hmm. In the back of my mind, like it used to flip-flop, right? Main focus was the future. 
back of my mind than now. Mm-hmm. Now it's flip-flop. Nice. Because if you do what you got to do now, the future will be way more promising. And that goes for anything. That's why I don't think we're, we're preaching. Right. We're just having a normal conversation and we're explaining our experiences yeah. and what's worked for us because I could tell by the work that you do, you're like 10% of the way to your ceiling. Hmm. I feel the same way about me. Mm-hmm. So we're telling people and we're sharing our stories and experiences to show you that like, yo, we're nowhere near where we want to be at. But this is also why you gravitate to people like this because right. we're taking you on the journey. Right. Cause it's easy for me to come on here, man, when I have 10 million followers and tell you everything. True. True. It's like, nah, I want you to hitch on this bandwagon now. Right. And right. if you don't believe in it, it's cool. I'll make you a believer. Right. And with time and, and the focus and perseverance, would you say, if you were to power rank the most important things about someone that's successful, what would you say, where would you say perseverance is? Cause for me, it's my number one draft pick. Wow. Yeah, that's a tough question, man. Great question, but I would definitely say... Yeah, listen. Say- <laughs> I know it might not look like it. I'm a professional. <laughs> that's a great question. Where does perseverance sit in the draft? I got to say top three. Yeah. It has to. It has to. Because no one succeeds at first. Mm. It's not... It's just... It, it just doesn't happen that way. There are too many adjustments to be made to accept that or to expect that you're going to start and not have to push through some level of resistance, right? That's why we talk about this concept of perseverance. Mm. So yeah, definitely top three, man. Definitely top three. For, for me, I think it's one because you're right. You're, for, the first time you do anything isn't going to be good. Right. Dude, I've fallen in love with jujitsu mm-hmm. and it took me like three and a half months to submit someone. I was fucking getting ragdolled, getting <laughs> violated by kids 14, 15 years old. I'm outweighing them by 50 pounds. Right. But it's, it's going back to discipline. Where would discipline be? In the, is discipline in the top three? What is the top three? Tell me what, That's a what, great question. Tell me what, what your top yeah. three would be. I haven't given it any thought. Right. I just say that perseverance is number one. I think number one is belief. Right? You have to trust that what you're about to do. Fuck, I have to adjust my rankings. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. He's like, hold up, time out. Change it up. Right, right. God damn it. Yes. Because <laughs> so it's like, yo, a lot of what we're doing, it, it, it's difficult to believe that that is possible. Like, mm. you know, like think about where you started, dude. Like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but sometimes I go back and I listen to like some of my old stuff and I'm like, holy cow, this was trash. Oh, yeah, dude. The, <laughs> if I, I said this like three years ago, even, even two years into the, the whole podcasting thing. I was like, yo, if you were to tell me that I'm hosting two shows whenever Joe wouldn't be around and I would host VM and now I'm doing like six episodes a week and I'm fully confident in everything that I'm doing. Right. After listening to that first show, um, 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 um like, 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 it's like you dumb fuck, but it's growing pains. Right. You're not going to be good at everything right. that you do. Right. And I think that the people that do get lucky. And, you know, you go to the casino the first time and you win $100,000. Right. Well, you fall into a trap because you think it's always going to be easy. Right. And then before you know it, that person is bankrupt. That yeah. person is asking everyone that they know for money. It's just beginner's luck. Yeah. Right? It's just something you put out one song. You, you, tomorrow I decide I'm going to be a rapper. I put out a song and it goes viral. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think that I'm hot shit. But right. it's like, all right, man. Repeat it. Do it again. Right. 
Oh, you went platinum. Yeah, that's nice. Let me see you do the same thing twice. Right. Three times, four times, then a couple more times. Nas said that. Let's go. What would you do if that was my boys? That was fire. That was fire. <laughs> but yo, he's right though. Like yeah. perseverance is mm-hmm. how he starts off that song. Yeah. Classic. And it's true. It's like, yo, there's, it's dope, bro. It's dope. I've had a video go viral. Right. On my own. I remember sitting that. Sitting on the Daniel Jones video. I remember that. It got like 80,000 hits in 13 minutes. Wow. I was like, yo, this is my moment. This is my moment. Like, that's it. This is what I've been waiting for. Guess what happened? Not much. Mm. Got like 500 followers out of it, but that's it. Yeah. It's like, yo, you need to, you need to, the people that stayed saw that there was a resume, saw that there's like, oh shit, this kid got a podcast. This kid got 50,000 plus tweets about sports and shit and all these other interests that he has. Right. It's like, this isn't one of those like viral tweets that go, you see it on Twitter, like you'll have a tweet go viral, and then underneath it, it's like, yo, here's my GoFundMe, here's my PayPal, like, you know, check out my SoundCloud or whatnot. Right. It's like, yo, you right. need to have a sustained level of excellence. And yeah, you're right. Belief is definitely one because without that, you probably wouldn't venture into anything. Right. right. Then it's perseverance too? Uh,. Yeah, I would definitely put perseverance. You're not just saying this because... No, um, no, no, no. As I think about it, like I'm literally, uh, I'm trying to be like super, you know, in line with this. And I I definitely would think because, yeah, after your belief, you would start to think, all right, I'm going to succeed. But then you don't. And this is what we're talking about, right? Now it's time for adjustments. And it's like, oh, shoot. So I got to keep going. So I think definitely perseverance comes too. A lot of people have really gravitated to the Jorge Masvidal story. Mm Mm-hmm. Mazadal is a guy who started backyard brawling for Kimbo Slice in Miami. Yeah. He's been fighting since he was 18. He just headlined the pay-per-view last week right. with uh, Kamaru Usman. Fought for the 170. Takes the fight on short notice, six days. Makes the weight. <clears throat> over 1 million pay-per-view buys. Mm. Only Conor McGregor gets over 1 million pay-per-view buys. Wow. This guy is a bona fide superstar. And he's a bona fide superstar. He takes the fight short notice. And he's the headliner. No one does pay-per-view buys like McGregor does. He's the biggest star in the game. And the reason why is because put into the storylines of like, yo, this guy was went from a journeyman to superstardom. This time last year, he had just knocked that dude Ben Askren out with the knee. Mm-hmm. You've definitely seen it if you're just on social media. It's yeah. like, knocked him out and... It's the fastest knockout in UFC history, five seconds. He was honestly, he was out in three seconds. Like the graphic that pops up at the bottom, uh, the time clock wasn't even up yet. Wow. And it was, it was the story that people fell in love with because, yo, it took him 17 years. Like he was a, he was a great fighter, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of great fighters that don't sell. They're not marketable. They're not, they, they might have boring styles, you know? And this dude, I guess went through a midlife crisis at 33, went on a, he couldn't get a fight, goes on this reality show where he's isolated from everything for like a month, mm-hmm. comes back and he's like, yo, I had a, I, I, all my losses are split decision losses, meaning they went the distance and judges, it was a split decision, you know? And he came back and he started this thing, like the whole baptism thing. He's like, yo, I'm going to start baptizing people. Like, I'm going to be, I'm not letting it go to judges. Mm. And his three fights prior to Usman knocks out Darren Till in London. And Darren Till is one of the top contenders in in the UFC in his hometown. Knocks him out there. Knocks out Ben Askren. Hmm. And 
stops Nate Diaz in Madison Square Garden, the wow. BMF title. Wow. And it's like one of the reasons why people love the Mazadal story is because shit didn't happen overnight. Right. Sustained excellence. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be the theme today. I feel like we keep going back to that one thing. Man, I can't express it enough how it's not going to happen overnight. Right. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every single item starts at $0 and you only go up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon signup on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code VM or DealDash.fm slash VM. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash V-M. Guys, this is a personal, personal sponsor and would greatly appreciate it if you guys go check them out. Show them some love and let us know what you think. Also, a returning sponsor, as always, shouts to bet online sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events major league baseball is finally kicking off this week and there's no better place to start wagering on these teams than our exclusive partners bet online check out all the odds futures and props to bet on all available 24 7 and with the return of sports bet online sat down with former pro players eddie george harold reynolds and seven-time nba champion robert ori See what they had to say on what it'd be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online experts. I interviewed with some company two years ago and it didn't go well it it went well for me they liked what i brought to the table it was about sports betting Mm -hmm. no one could touch me in that like that's the one thing that makes me different from everyone else they wanted something because it was going to be a new show they wanted the built-in social media presence and it was going to be able to at least they could cap off a floor for how well the show was going to do but i knew way more than everyone that was on that panel like the people that came into audition. Because so it's like, yo, I grew up with this shit. Been mm. betting since I was like eight years old. Wow. You know, it's something that was in my family has always been very popular. Not just with my pops, just across the board. It was like something like my family that is gamblers. And the coolest thing about all that is they called me back recently. Mm. It's like, yo, I got told no initially. Five years ago, you said? No, nah, no, nah, two years ago. Wow. It's like, like you said earlier, I wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. For as much as I thought I was the man and, and I'm ready for this shit, clearly I wasn't. Right. So 
that's why I can't stress it enough, the whole sustained excellence. I think I'm going to name the title of this one, Sustained Excellence. I like that. But I just think it's very important for people to understand that no matter what you're doing, if you're starting a new business venture, I think one thing with Corona, with the coronavirus, is a lot of people had a lot of free time on their hands. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are unsure whether or not they're going to go back to the lifestyle they once had or is their job going to take them back. You know, you're hearing left and right all these stories of businesses just shutting down, closing down because they don't have the means to fund everything. Right. I also think from a business perspective, a lot of companies and stores and just businesses as a whole realize that this whole month to month thing isn't sustainable. Also, Mm -mm. you can't like we weren't prepared for a crisis of this magnitude. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just important with the whole Corona stuff. I think a lot of people might start new a YouTube channel, a podcast. Anyone that asked me, bro, yo, I want to start a podcast. What should I do? What, any tips? I'm like, yo, it's going to suck a lot more than it's going to be good. Mm. And just know that I've been doing this for five years. I've done over 1,400 podcasts combined. Like I used to do three other shows. I was doing six episodes a week. On top of that, certain weeks, Patreon exclusives. Wow. Streaming. 10,000 hours. <laughs> Easily. Right. Easily. And and I love that concept because I think that concept tells you that like, yo, this shit doesn't happen overnight. You right. need to put in the work. Right. 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 Nah, dude, that's, again, shout out to you, bro. No, nah, I, I don't just, I, I don't like, again, I don't like talking about myself, but it's just like, it happens in conversation. And I'm not saying this to have you tell me like, yo, yeah, shout no, out to no, me. No, 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 no. You just got, like we talked <clears throat> about before, you know, it's like this concept of uh, giving flowers to people while they're still alive. Uh, and I think it's important. Like, yo, just because we're great friends doesn't mean that I should be like, yo, that's that's freaking awesome, dude. That's admirable, right? Like, I, I can't say that I've created 10,000 hours of video mm. time, you know? Like, you may have created that through podcasts. You're talking about 1,600 episodes, dude. Like, do you understand the audacity that you have? You got to have to get to 1,600 episodes? Mm. You know, that's a big deal, dude. You know, so it's not it's not even about like trying to pat you on the back like, Nico, good job, man. (laughs) You know, it's like, no, you got to give respect where respect is due. I had someone, you know, I've assembled a team behind the brand. Someone does graphics. Someone does uh, Patreon and Discord stuff. Shout out to Taryn, Phil, uh, Alan, who's been on the opposite of me all the time. Uh, Alex, who does the graphics also. Dom, who does the editing. Nice. You know, I had someone who was doing some of the editing. I just want to say this. I never say anything that I wouldn't say to someone. Right. I don't think that's shit talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's just like, it's real. Transparency. It's transparency, yeah. <clears throat> this kid was helping me build a brand and he was doing the editing and he was really good at it. He was really good at it. But it got to a point where he wanted more like two months into it. It's like, yo, I don't, I don't mind giving more. I don't mind paying you. Mm-hmm. But just know that if financially I'm going to start paying you, I'm going to expect more. things to be a little bit different. Right. And it's like, yo, the reason why I bring that up is I think a lot of people are afraid to not necessarily volunteer, but to start from scratch and to learn from someone, they want instant gratification, like yeah. you said, yeah. and they're not patient. Yeah. Like, bro, I wasn't making 
I'm so happy that now I can have a source of income for this show. And I can't live off it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to you. But I'm able to buy these dope mics. Shout out to the, the Twitch community who helped donate. I could buy more lights. I could buy more cameras, the banners. It's like any money that I'm making now on the show, I'm putting back into the show. So much so that now like I have an ads team mm-hmm. promoting certain things. Nice. You know, so it's like everything that's being made is being invested back into the show. I don't think of it as wasting money. The next thing I want to do is I've been looking at apartments to move everything into this. So I've been talking about this for years now, mm-hmm. but I think it's the next step of my evolution with the brain. It'll hit different when I'm like, yo, pull up to the studio, man. Right. We'll shoot this shit there. Everything's going to look consistent. The camera's always going to be in this spot, in that spot. I'm going to have a guy working the the camera angles through yeah. OBS and shit. Like, it's going to look way different and yeah. it's going to be streamed live also. Like, there's a lot of plans that are being discussed. But I think a lot of people don't want to put in the time to eventually blossom Mm -hmm. yeah you know one of the questions people need to think about is like yo would you rather work a minimum wage job getting paid doing something that is meaningless right or doesn't is not super valuable to you or would you prefer to hold off on getting paid to possibly jumpstart your career into something that you are extremely passionate about i did free work it was the best experience i've ever acquired right because i'm learning into my lane mm. I'm, I'm i'm gaining knowledge and experience about how to negotiate how to work through contracts how to work with clients how to present in front of an audience how do you do how do you do these things so like et tells us all the time you can't practice on a paid opportunity <laughs> it's like because you have to perform yeah if somebody's investing their money into you to do something that a value, I don't care if it's $10, if they are they're investing their money into you, you cannot show up to that paid opportunity uh, treating it as practice. That's just unacceptable. You either say, nope, I will not charge or accept, you know, a fee for this presentation or for whatever the work is, because I can honestly assess and say, you know what, I'm not at the level that is, you know, available or, or uh, what's the word? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Whatever. I, I, you know, blank there, yeah, yeah. I, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just not ready for compensation, right? Like, I'm not at the level that's worthy or deserving of compensation. I'm still trying to get my stuff together. It's like again, that takes character and integrity, man. And that's why I think about this like long term picture. Right? If this is something you're super passionate about, and you want to do it 20 years down the line. Mm. Think about how you got to navigate that industry, the relationships. It's like some people talk about, oh. Uh, burn bridges and let the fire light the way or something like that. It's like, yeah, but if you're planning on being in one industry for an extended period of time because this is what you are, quote unquote, passionate about, you got to build relationships. And it's not always about the money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two years ago, SummerSlam, probably one of the biggest weekends, weeks of my life came at a time when I was probably at my lowest. 2018, worst year of my life. Can't even tell you what number two is. Wow. Like, not even close. It's it's the unanimous, like... Undefeated champ. Undefeated champ. There, it's Habib, 28-0. <laughs> that week, I got to link up with two people that have done so much for me. Shouts to Jen. Shout, shout to Mike. Lazy to Savage. I've had him on the podcast. Simply by not expecting anything and just being myself. Mm-hmm. There's no gimmick. There's no... Mind you, I was in a very fucked up situation. You know, came to you a lot during that time and and talking. And also, my relationship with you is very unique. And I love it because 
now we're talking a lot more frequently right but it's never like there's no animosity there's no it's just like yo we're both busy doing our thing but when we connect it's like right instant that's that's real love that's real uh, affection and and respect for one another and i was at a very very bad place and that weekend showed him around the city because they're from cali showed him around the city took him to shady spots and whatnot like having a good time because we were with some people you know it's ronda rousey's crew mm-hmm. so we were with some people who you know they didn't want all this attention and whatnot right. you want to just like lay low it's like from there man just like so many opportunities without asking wow right like they connect me with fighters or or with wrestlers or whatnot and it's like i can't express express this enough how important it is to just find who you are mm-hmm. remember i had lost myself for the longest time but it's just because like i'll never forget what you told me dude you're like yo i wouldn't say that you're depressed you just have mad life happening right now mm-hmm. it's like i had the cop incident you know some uh disagreements with some friends my pop's health not knowing like what the future was going to be with the one thing i really wanted to do so Again, this isn't preaching. This is just like the experiences, not expecting anything. Yeah. If you deserve something, bro, it's going to happen oh, it's on its happen. own. It's going to happen. Yeah. I, and I really hope, man, I, I hope that this episode frees a lot of people, man, mm. because, you know, uh, and like you said, it's not to say that we're bulletproof. Like I came off a pretty rough time myself just off of the last few months. Like it just like COVID and the pandemic had gotten the best of me. And again, for me, I was okay. As long as my family's health is okay. I'm I'm pretty good. I can yeah, navigate, yeah. right? But I and I talk about this concept because I I care for people deeply, man. So you know, as part of one of the businesses that I'm a part of, I'm thinking about those that are involved, and I'm like, man, how are they surviving? Like, how can we get more funds to them? There's no work right now. We're in the hospitality industry. We are in the event gathering, people gathering business, right? Like that's gonna be shut down for at least another another year. I yeah. honestly believe so. Yeah, I think it's gonna go into next summer. Uh, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. So it was killing me at a deep level, and I didn't know that until just the last two weeks. And I was like, yo. That's what the issue is. So I'm hoping that people listening to this is like, yo, not only are there people out there who are experiencing what I'm going through, but they're still showing up. They're still fighting. They're still navigating. They're still looking for ways to break out of it and help others. So yeah, that's what I hope this conversation, man, it brings some some relief and light to people. Well, it was something that I was telling people on my Twitch stream because they're over there. The, the coolest thing about Twitch is it's live interaction. It's instant feedback from the person that you're watching a fan of you know i even find myself now like i'm watching a lot of ufc fighters on there and some of them know me by name it's like yo it's pretty cool man i kind of fuck with it and it's some of them come in and you know i I hope he doesn't get mad by this but shout to my guy j dub you know he went to he went to buffalo state also we didn't cross paths in buffalo state but i just remember having a conversation with him man and he's like yeah i kind of feel like i feel mad down and shit it's like dude We've never experienced this. Right, ever. Having three months off. It's just that the one thing that helped me the most, it's like, yo, everyone's going through it. Mm -hmm. And being stuck inside, not having your job, not being able to work out. Like, bro, the gyms haven't been open in so long. Killer, bro. Killer. Killer, bro. It's, it's, you know, and it's like your day-to-day life has all changed and it's been altered. But it's like, yo, it's happening to everyone. Right. And it kind of eased him up a little bit. Right. Because when you put it from that perspective, it's true. It's like, I can understand, Mustafa, if it was just happening to you right. and to your family. It's like, damn, son, I feel why Moose is like this. Mm-hmm. When it's happening to the whole, bro, the whole world shut down. Right. 
it kind of just eases it just a little bit. I'm not saying that it's still not hard because, you know, like my family's going through some shit too. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like everyone's is, you know, but I wouldn't say one man. I don't want to say that because I'd be wrong, but like, it's a gift and a curse. Right. The show has done the best it's ever done Mm -hmm. during COVID with no sports. Right. That's crazy. Think about that. That's crazy. At its core, my show is a sports show. Right. But I like having these conversations and I've been able to explore more podcasts and chill, laid back stuff, right. evergreen stuff. And it's done better now than it has before. That's insane, dude. So it's like I could have sat back and sulked mm-hmm. or I could have done something about it. Yeah. Yeah. I also think it's an opportunity for us to practice what we preach. Everyone's like, man, you got to fight through the tough times. Yeah. Well, you're going through the tough times now. Keep fighting. Yeah. Right? Like, now is the time to show up and practice the advice that you give to everybody else or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you, the message that you stand for. So it's a great opportunity to do that. And that's kind of where I'm, you know, you mentioned this process, this concept of getting away from the future. Mm. And, and that's what I, as of the last couple of days, I started sharing like, yo, I need to get back to my beliefs of you are not the controller of outcomes, my friend respectfully you're not god Mm. right like you don't control what happens the only thing you can control is the effort that you put behind what you're doing and the type of energy you bring to a situation so now every time i'm walking into a new space i'm like man let me make sure i present good energy to nick i want nick to feel that you know i want him to feel my heart i want him to feel good positive vibes from the conversation from just being in the same space i want to make sure i give it my all i want to be focused like you said no phones Mm. so now i'm going back to just these small day-to-day things that are getting me centered more around the routine right of how i start my day how i end my day as opposed to just being so future focused and you kind of lose track of the day-to-day stuff because you're thinking big picture, which is great. But I do think sometimes we need to go to the future and then just bring our butts right back to the now and pound the pavement day-to-day. It helps tremendously, man. What advice would you give to someone who... I'm a big vibe and energy guy. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the two people that I met SummerSlam a couple of years ago, they're like, yo, I just like your vibe. I like your spirit. Right. And I was like, damn, son. Y'all like my spirit now? Oh. fucked up wow. like I was in a bad place Yeah, you know what I'm saying but it's like they appreciated certain things that I couldn't see you know in the past I used to think like Mustafa say you buy me tickets to the Super Bowl you spend $5,000 on a ticket back in the day I used to think like well I gotta get something from Mustafa that's $5,000 mm. it's not like that right it's like you you went out your way and you bought me Super Bowl tickets not expecting anything from return right. because of, you know, one day your car broke down and I, I came and picked you up, yeah. right? One day um, you were moving apartments for your family and I came and helped you. Yeah. It's, it's like little things where one thing that's changed for me is it's not always a monetary exchange that mm-hmm. needs to be balanced. Sometimes it's like... It's the thought that counts. Absolutely. It's the it's the exchange of sure. It might be monetary. Like I might buy you sneakers for your birthday. It's not that I want sneakers for my birthday. It's like yo, bro, you came through like, you know, there was a random ass night where it was I was mad bored and I was depressing. You pulled up and we played fucking Call of Duty. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that exchange, I think is so crucial. So what my question to you is is, how do you advise people to navigate through bad energy bad vibes and to double down on that question what happens when it's someone very important in your life that is that bad energy and Mm. that bad juju 
Yeah, yeah. So the second part of that question is a difficult one, but let me start with the first half, right? My immediate advice is to tell people you either limit your contact or eliminate them. Mm. And I'm sorry that sounds so harsh, but this is just someone who has failed a lot of relationships, right? Turn just, that up. Me right, too. Right. Respect. But I would just honestly say it. I failed in a lot of relationships and that's because I went back when the relationship was over, right? Like I was suffocating myself in a space and as cliche as it sounds, but there's a reason why they say put the mask on yourself first when the plane is going down. Because if you're dying and you're like, man, I'm trying to help you, it's like you are not going to save nobody if you're not okay. So first, I limit my contact, meaning I'm not going to be as frequent or as available for you as I once was because like, man, your energy is impacting how I show up for myself. Mm. And the minute I start to not be as effective and as available for myself and my family, I can't be available for nobody. So I have to fill myself up first. So if I have to limit the contact, maybe that might be the solution. If I have to eliminate you for a, a specific period of time or indefinitely, then I'm sorry, you have to appreciate that. And that's where that unconditional type of love or relationship matters most, right? Because if you're mad at me because I'm trying to do what's best for me, then that's a very conditional type mm. of love, right? Like, oh, I'm only rocking with you because of what you've done for me lately or in the past 24 hours. But if you can't appreciate the history of a friendship or a relationship, a partnership over an extended period of time, and you realize that I'm navigating a certain type of season that I need to just disconnect and, and focus on me for a moment, then we're probably not meant to be friends. Right, and this is why you say every time we reconnect, it's like, yo, like we just appreciate everyone's work ethic, their hustle. And it's like, all right, come on, man, let's get back to where we left off. And it just is what it is. Now, if it's someone close to you. It's hard. That's difficult, bro. It's very difficult. difficult. Yeah, I'm not yeah, even going to yeah. sit here and pretend like, oh, I got the answers for that. Because honestly, it, it's really got to depend. You mm -hmm. know, it's got to depend. Uh, again, I would definitely say evaluate from that unconditional standpoint. Right? If, you're, if you're not thinking about this person as a, a monetary exchange or how can I benefit off this person in the future? And it's funny, we were talking about uh, Justin Bieber and what's his manager? Scooter Braun. We were right. talking about that before we started Literally recording. just before we started the yeah, conversation, yeah. I was like, yo, I grew up a fan of Scooter Braun because during that time that Bieber was navigating through that crazy time in his life, you know, there's an interview of him saying that, yo, I, I was just there for him. I wasn't pushing him. And mind you, as his manager, you benefit off of what he does. Right. And he was just like, yo, I was just there for him as a person, as a human being. I wanted to make sure he was okay before we chase and get back to the business. Now look at their relationship, right? Like, of course, I don't care what you think about Bieber. Bieber does numbers. Like, the right, dude right. is a phenomenal talent. So it, it's an interesting dynamic from that personal relationship. And honestly, I'm going to just say I don't even have the answer for that because it's, it's a very situational thing. I think you just gave me an answer right. that you don't have one. All right. And I think a lot of people always want to have a solution to something. I think, I don't know, is a legitimate... Like, sometimes people think you're a dick because they're like, yo, I, don't, I can't help you. I don't know. Right. But I also think that's a real answer. Power. Yeah, you talked about it in one of the videos that you did um, with what you're doing now. Shouts to Nikki, man. Nikki and Moose, it's called, right? Correct. You guys do... Uh, what is it exactly that you... Uh, what would you describe it as what you do? Yeah, right now? so we, we, we help people to understand or, or break down the business and the brand behind mm. some of the more popular names that we're aware of, right? Whether it be from the J. Coles, the Kevin Hart's, the Kobe Bryant's even, right? And we just really take a look at their life trajectory and... Unfortunately, with the exception of Kobe Bryant, it's that same concept we talk about, giving people flowers 
uh, while, while they're here. still alive. Yeah. Right. So we even have personal friends through our network. Uh, you know, one dude, uh, Alex, Alex, good energy. He has a trucking company. Right. And he's been through a roller coaster of a life and an experience. Had him on the show, had Jamal King, right. A real estate mogul out of Chicago. Dude was a full-time cop building a multi-million dollar mm. real estate empire. He was a millionaire at 26 and stayed a full-time cop. Like it was crazy. Right. And, and you definitely are familiar with his story. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we bring these people on, uh, the show as well so that folks who are studying on their own personal journeys, they can gain inspiration from those who are close and even those who are far are in the limelight. So that's, yeah, that's what it is for us. My favorite one that you've done is the one about J. Cole. Yeah. You talk about leadership because J. Cole was in the headlines a couple of weeks ago with all the, the George Floyd and the protesting, how people felt as if, you know, he didn't he didn't use his platform mm-hmm. as much as what they expected him to do. Yeah. Right. Here's the thing. You're I like to say, like joking around when I play Call of Duty and like say I have eight kills in, in Warzone, which would be super impressive from my end. But like I play with you and you have 20 kills and like you did better than me. Mm-hmm. And it's like people that watch me stream, they'll be like, oh, yo, you had a bad game. Moose killed it there. It's like, yo, never good enough. Right. And like that term became like something we would fuck around with, like my friends and I, but it's like, it's kind of true. Like it's never good enough. Right. No matter what it is. Like people don't realize that J. Cole's been this thought provoking activist for years now. Right. And it's like, he had uh, elaborated a little bit more on this. What was what you said? Because basically your approach, which was my favorite and you know, no offense to Nikki. I love what Nikki's doing in that conversation that debate you guys had, you were like, Yo, I think leadership is understanding that, yo, I don't have an answer right now. Right. Or this is like, I'm not good at this. Right. Mustafa is. So here's Mustafa. Right. And I present Mustafa on a silver platter like, yo, Moose, handle this for me. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, really what happened, man, this was like at the height of what happened with George Floyd. Right. And uh, people were starting to call out people with big platforms, celebrities, rappers, whoever, who were of the black community who were not speaking out toward the injustice or they felt that they should do more. So J. Cole, like you said, a conscious rapper by nature, he's done a lot for the community for years. However, at this specific moment in time, with the heat of the movement at where it was, everyone was scared to say something. Mm. Like, mind you, I serve a predominantly black community. Like 80 to 90% of the people that we serve in our community are black. I was still like, man, what's the right thing to say during this time? Like, I've been on the front lines, but I don't want to make it about me. How do you navigate these tough times and show support and learn and educate yourself? So J. Cole came out and flat out said, look, I'm going to show up, but I don't know the best way to provide a solution to this problem. However, here is the young lady who does. Mm. And he kind of wrote a song about this, uh, this rapper. I think her name was No Name, mm-hmm. right? She has been tweeting and putting out all this information about the movement and how we need to get to this uh, overcome racism and things of that nature. And people started bashing him like, yo, how do you make out a song and give this lady so much attention about what she's saying and this and this and that? It's like you're being defensive. And my whole debate was like, is that not leadership? Like, what, what's wrong with that? That's my point. That's my right. point. It's like, yo, is that not leadership? So you would rather me step up to the plate and take you into the ocean and just leave you there because I have a big platform. Mm. Rather than me being self-aware, recognizing what I'm good at and what I'm not talented at and saying, you know what? I'm not the best man for this job. But like you said, Nick is. 
you know, this young lady is, whomever it may be. Let's, let's, let's make sure we direct all the effort and energy to one source so that we don't have 10 different messages coming out. So that's my whole mindset to leadership is like, sometimes you don't have the answer, but rather than trying to make one up, just tell people you don't know and be committed to helping them find a source that does, that can help them. So that, that was my whole thing about, about, about J. Cole and leadership that I was like, yo, that's a leadership lesson that people need to pay attention to. You and I are in a very similar situation where social media is something we we need. Right. We need to get our brand out there, our brand awareness, our message, everything we stand for as far as like what we're building. Right. How do you feel about social media? Your honest like your honest feelings about social media. Yeah, it's a serious love-hate relationship. Like honestly, I cannot even stress that enough for me. You know, uh, I think there are times when I'm really in a creative, free-flowing, inspired space that I can just speak purely. And mm. I'm, I don't care for judgment. I don't care whether you like it or not. I just want you to feel that there's someone you can connect with through the other side of the screen. Mm. So I'm showing everything from my routine in the morning to some of my workouts, to some of my work, to some of my presentations, to some of my content, to my family. To the to literally right like I'm just I just want you to experience my life and share it with me, and then there are other times where I start to fall into the trap where I'm probably consuming more than I'm producing. I'm looking at other people and what they're doing, and you start off that path by saying, "Oh, this is market research. I'm just trying to see what trends or what's working or what's not working or what other people are doing," and then you find yourself starting to try and slowly but surely become like them. And that's that very fine line that we constantly have to tether with. And it takes a lot of, you know, awareness, a lot of th that boldness to say, yep, I understand where that's happening, but I also know what's not me. So my relationship with social media, man, is like a really, it's a big love-hate relationship because I, I realize the importance of sharing, but then sometimes I get uncomfortable about making something too much about me. I couldn't agree more. For me, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, love, hate. If I was to, you know, do it from a zero to a hundred, you know, give you percentages, I'm probably 60, 40 where I love it mm -hmm. because I wouldn't be anything without it. Yeah, man. I wouldn't have been That's discovered right. by certain situations that I've been placed in if it wasn't for it. The thing that I dislike the most, and a comedian said this, whenever there's a tragedy, whenever there's a incident, Everyone runs to their social media and they tweet out thoughts and prayers or they tweet out, you know, whatever the message might be. You're looting. Right. You're looting if you're really not about it. And that was something that really made me devastated with everything, man. You know, I put out, someone reached out to me and they were like, yo, how come you're not like talking about everything that's going on? It's like, well, first off, I had Stefan on the show. Mm -hmm. Stefan Kelly. Yeah. We went to high school with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the captain of the football team uh, my junior year. He ended up playing Division II college football, had a cup of tea with the – is it a cup of coffee or a cup of tea? What's the expression? Yeah, they both apply. Right? I'm a tea guy. Yo. Let me rock. I'll drink coffee. <laughs> but he went and he had a tryout undrafted with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nice. Bounced around a couple training camps. He's moved to four or five different states. He's married to a white woman. They have wow. a beautiful family now. And I had him on the show. Wow. I, when all this stuff was happening, I put out the post that I did for my two college roommates and just kind of like, man, I'm a very, I don't try to be something I'm not. I'm very authentic. I'm very honest. And that's yeah. why I think people 
like me right from interactions that i've had with fans and i didn't make it about me there i just told you my story mm-hmm. I love storytelling it's a wrestling fan to me yeah it's like i didn't do the hashtags and all that stuff because i didn't want it to be about me i wanted to just tell you a personal experience about something that i've experienced with my two college roommates who are african-american growing up in new york city you know, half the football, more than half the football team was African-American. Right. It's like, I think a lot of people, man, one thing that really upset me, and it's gotten to a point where like now when, when everyone's going to be listening to this, I'll be coming out of my uh, going ghost face from social media. But it's that, man, there's a lot of people that I think capitalize on what's trending now. And it's like, yo, keep that same energy six months from now when it's not the main talking point when it's not the main headline yeah right I'll, i want to put it out first i don't want to do the proper research right. and again sustaining the message or the movement no matter what it is right yeah yeah i mean when you when you think about um th- this concept of what it comes down to specifically from social media it's like unfortunately our generation has grown up with uh, pressing post as a viable solution mm. but when you think about you know the 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 life of somebody like an mlk right he didn't have social media he had to again put boots to the ground get out there with real live energy and work and push a message and stand and debate and and really try and create or bring about equality so I, i'm great with social media because i love that it can like organize a message in seconds, mm-hmm. but also also know that the work goes beyond just hitting post or send or tweet or whatever it is, right? Like there's more work that has to be done. Like you said, follow up. Like yo, let me see what you're doing six months from now. Mm-hmm. You know that's uh, that's not easy. You mentioned something uh, a lot earlier when we started this episode about you know people being 25 as opposed to 50 and going through a midlife crisis. Yeah, 10 being the highest, one being the lowest. Where would you say social media factors into that? 9.8. Yeah, yeah. It's like you look at, you you know that message on every car mirror that say objects may appear closer. Closer than it is. Yeah, and I think that's what social media does for us. When we look at uh, the lives of other people, we think that they are closer to their ideal life than they actually are. It's actually a science term. It's called depth perception. That the closer you are to something, it, it starts to appear that it's moving faster than what it actually is. And that creates this like comparison between us that tears mm. us apart. It's like, yo, are you kidding me? Nick and I graduated the same year. How is he, how is he at 1,600 episodes and I only have 10? Mm. Whoa, like, some, something has to be wrong with me. And you start just blowing things out of proportion, not taking into consideration, yo, but Nick is also working in his talent pool. Mm. Maybe, maybe you're in a line and working with something that's a non-talent for you. You might be passionate about it. And I know this is a tough conversation to have. Maybe you're not as gifted or skilled about something that you're passionate about. How can we realign you and put you in an area where what you're passionate about and you enjoy, you're actually gifted to do? So now you can produce at a high level without feeling like you're draining or comparing your narrative to somebody else. So I think that comparison opens up some crazy wounds. How many, how many times have you spoke in, 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 in a... At a large audience, to a large audience, would you say? Just give me like, I don't want the exact number. Yeah. But um, like roughly. Yeah, I, I would say in the past four years, probably live, uh, close to 100 times. All right. I've spoken one time to a high school. Oh, wow. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to 
One day I would like to have a TED talk. Right. Me at, too. At Bryant. <laughs> That's dope. You know? And it's like, I'm nowhere near you when it comes to that. You're right, right about the level of expertise in your particular field. Like right. your field is the public speaking. You should have right. 100x on me. Seriously. You know? Like mm-hmm. I should have more. Mm-hmm. It'd be an issue, I think. Right. If... If you had over, if you had, let's just say, just for this example, you had 100 and I had 90. Right. Like, yo, Moose, what's going on, man? This isn't even my shit. Like, what's, what's up? Seriously. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, that should be the right. thing. And I think with uh, with social media, I would say I would say it's a 10. I would say it's a 10 because I'm reading a book right now. Um, I'm about like two chapters in. Just uh-huh. got it. It's uh, The Coddling of the American Mind. John mm. Hyde, Hyde, H-A-I-D-T, I think. Jonathan is is his name. He talks about how um, the the suicide rate of young teenage girls skyrocketed from 2009 to 2010, like 500 percent. Hmm. That's around the time Instagram, Facebook, Facebook launched in 2006. Yeah, it's around the time social media the comparison thing right like damn yo why are you eating at roof chris why are you at prime 112 and i ain't doing shit i just had mcdonald's right it's a comparison thing yeah and it's it shouldn't be that way but i understand why people are like that because you see it all the time you know back in the day my uh i was having this conversation with my parents i was having this conversation too shout out to coach brosson i was hey. on the phone with him about a couple weeks ago and he was like, yo, your, your generation is in the most yin-yang generation of all time. He's like, yo, back when I was going to high school, if someone bullied me or made fun of me, like when I would go home, I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't hear about it. Right. It would only happen like in homeroom or gym class, you know, the, the, the sixth grade bully that would bully me. But then I could avoid him. Right. Now, wow, we're going to sound like old heads, but now kids go from high school they go home and they got that shit on their phone right you know you're posting you're trying to compare you're throwing on filters like yo why is why is this person in better shape than me why is why is he we're the same age we graduated the same right. time like why is he in a better place than me well it's not always like that yeah and again going back to what we've been saying throughout this whole thing we're talking about this because we're going through it now right i think right. it's very important for people to understand that yeah Everybody has that person that, believe it or not, they're comparing to it, whether you know it or not, consciously or subconsciously. It's like, yo, it's happening. And, and yo, and I really wish people of our generation would dive more deeper into this concept of the subconscious mind. Like, I do some teachings on that. And if you break down the word itself, sub, meaning like the word submarine, right? It's below, beneath your conscious. Mm. It's those habits and tendencies of yours that are engraved in your programming that you don't even know happen. Like, you might respond from an emotional trigger or trauma that you have no idea where it's coming from because you've done it so much that you no longer realize it's a part of your, you know, your whereabouts. And as you dive deeper, and this is why I say inside out approach, man, you start to kind of get, get some of those answers that really help you to begin to understand like, man, I'm this way because of this. And you can just find a way to navigate around it. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a killer, bro. It's a killer. And, and every single one of us is doing it to some degree. Yeah. Yeah, there is. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I do sometimes. I, I kind of, you see, I don't compare where I'm at with someone else, but I do compare the time. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm coming up on five years. Like, 
the, now now I've, I've established this new quote in my head where it's like, yo, I'm only chasing goats. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I want to be Joe Rogan. Right. You just signed a $100 million Spotify deal that Crazy. we know of. Crazy. That we know of, right. right? This guy gets 200 million downloads a month. It's insane. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't want to be just some regular ass dude. Like, I'm only chasing goats. Mm-hmm. I'm going after people and I'm aspiring to be the people who I get motivated from. People whose work I love and appreciate. Like, yeah, I'm only chasing goats. So it's like, you know, Joe Rogan didn't have his first break until he was 32 years old. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, he's in his 50s. He's been doing his podcast for 10 years, but he was an established comedian. He was the UFC guy. Right. He was the... he. I wouldn't say he had advantages when he started, but, yo, this is like a 30-year career you're talking about with this guy. Dude. Jorge Mazadol, 17 years in the game. This yeah. shit didn't happen overnight. Bro, it's insane, bro. When you start to study some of these people, like we did a breakdown on Jamie Foxx. Dude, Jamie Foxx is a multi-talented entertainer who's been in the industry for 31 years. Like the dude literally started at 18 or something like that. So you think about a body of work and you're trying to get your blow up a year or two years in. You've been doing it for six months. You're like, man, I worked harder than I've ever worked. And it's like, bro, compare that to some of the people who have literally sacrificed blood, sweat, and tears. You start to think like, man, I'm really just doing nothing. Like, I'm just getting started. You know, for you, five years. For me, four years. It's like, we're just getting started. Like, we're, we're barely scratching the surface. So I, I think it's cool. And, and this is where we got to remind ourselves and others to trust the timing, bro. It's like, yeah, you trust your timing. Like, you, you're not going to get wrong things doing or wrong outcomes doing the right things consistently. Right? It's like, it just doesn't happen. If you keep doing the right thing, it's, it's programmed and designed to eventually lead you to the outcome that you want. You know, when it's going to happen. And again, that's why I said, I'm not a controller of outcomes. And I start to think that as a planner that I can become overly, you know, uh, manipulate some of these results. And it's like, no, you can't do it. Just stick to the process. And that, that really kind of gives you a good, you know, uh, like a great, to take things with a grain of salt and, and, and not be so serious and uptight about when you're arriving. Who's responding? How many people are giving you compliments or, or giving you your flowers? It's more about like, yo, I'm doing my thing and, and, and I'm enjoying it. And that's all that matters. What would you say is the biggest thing about yourself and what you're doing that keeps you motivated? I'm really doing something that gives me instant feedback from people about the breakthroughs that I get to contribute in their lives or help them to, to accomplish, right? Like I've helped, um, for example, a, a client that I work with, the guy is a seven figure earner. He has a multi-million dollar business out of DC, right? Again, all the money in the world. Are you trying to buy some merch or what? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm a hustler, baby. <laughs> right. And, but again, personal life, not the best, right? And I don't want to put his business out there, but when you think about helping him bend a relationship with his son, you can't put a price tag on that. Yeah, there's certain things that you can't put a price tag on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so for me, hearing or seeing, I don't even want to hear it, but I just get to see some of the impact that we're making, and I'm really, really proud of that. And now, when you say, uh, sorry to cut you off, when you say see, is it something you're seeing through social media, or is it something you're seeing through the person-to-person 
relationship. Yeah. So in, in some of in some of those dynamics, we do have like a you know a one on one contact often. So I'm able to get updates on you know how they're doing and what the up you know what the process is or how they're navigating through those crises. So I, I do take a personal care to some of these folks. Like yo, what did, what's going on? Like let's keep in touch, right? I want to make myself available to people. As much as I understand the importance of social media, I'm really at my best right here. Like what we're yeah. doing right now. I will take this over anything, right? Dude, I hate doing interviews over the phone. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's hard. Yeah. There's a delay, right? There's yeah. it's the vibe. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we're we're over an hour and a half. I don't think we'd be on the phone for an hour and a half. No, no, no. You know no, what I'm saying? It's no. it's it hits different. But again, I understand going back, especially nowadays with the circumstances that we had, you know, you also said something really important. Control what you can control. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a plan to go to LA with you yes. in April. Yes. Out the door. Right. I was going to go to Toronto in May. Mm-hmm. In June, I was going to go back to South Beach for some interviews. Yeah. July, this July, I was going to go to Vegas to sign up for the super contest because I'm a degenerate, but I also like to have fun. But I also had some interviews lined up. Right. You know, like what I really wanted to do, and shouts to all the members of the Patreon that are contributing. I wanted to take that money. And I wanted to invest it in the show as far as like traveling and, you know, what? interview that athlete that I've wanted to interview that I don't want to have on the phone because it's a different conversation. Like his body language or her, her body language, her seeing my body language is like, yo, I could get comfortable with this person. You know what I'm saying? Like you open them up in a different way and it's, I couldn't control the coronavirus. I just had to work around it. Yeah. Yeah, no, the the nonverbal cues, that energy that you're talking about, it hits different. It just doesn't it doesn't come through the sound waves, you know, over the phone. So, uh, nah. But for us, man, it's just you know getting those messages from time to time, similar to what you said, or having people reach out and you're staying in contact with them, and you're you're really able to see those things change. So I, I think it's important, man, when you when you evaluate how valuable your life is based on the contributions or the deposits that you're making into the lives of others, you start to grow a lot more appreciative for the little things that you have. And you start to realize like, man, I'm really making something, you know, I'm, I'm making an impact here. I don't care if it's one person, you know, and, and that's really all it is. I just try and wake up and say, man, like, can I impact just one person's life today? Can mm. I, can I, can I make their day? Can I, can I treat them to lunch? Can I pay for their coffee? Like what can I do? How can I be effective today? And you start, like you said, you, you, you put up, a career of 10, 15, 20, 30 years doing that. Right, like, I don't know if you ever remember, but we used to talk about this concept of making forward progress at, at, a, at a rate of one inch per day. Like, think about that. It's like an inch a day, right? You know that over a year's time, forward progress of an inch a day is 32 feet of progressive movement. Mm. Like, think about that, man. Like, what would 32 feet of forward progress or momentum look like in your life? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, but it, but you overlook or you underlook the oh it's an inch, I'll just do it tomorrow. Well it's the same thing when it comes to working out and losing weight. Yeah. Right? Like you people want to lose fifty pounds in two months. And like you might be able to do that. Right. You might be able to do that. But guess what? You're gonna put that back on eight months yeah. from now. Yeah. Because it's not sustained over a long period of time. Where if you turn around and you tell them like to use the analogy you just gave about the thirty two thirty two feet, if you lose a pound a week for a year right that's 52 pounds bro 52 pounds yeah and if you're someone right now who might be a little bit heavy or want to change certain things in your life it's like yo start now no it's like be disciplined perseverance belief that you could get it done Mm -hmm. it's like yo you'll get to it but i think the biggest issue with social media is what you said the the instant gratification yeah the idea of 
I'm gonna post this dog. How many times do you see people post and then they delete that shit? Oh, uh, often. Why do you think they do that? <laughs> well, because they didn't get enough likes. They didn't get, they didn't get people responding to their stuff. Yeah, you know what I do? Because I've had videos get 120 views. I've had videos get 900 views. Wow. I've had 300 likes on something. I've had 30 likes on something. Yeah. As long as I can control that it's good quality, it's good content, mm -hmm. and I put forth the time and energy and effort into it, I'm happy with that. Yeah. I, I don't think I put out trash. Right. From the feedback that I get from people. Right, right, right. And I know there's the algorithm thing that gets factored into it also, but deep down inside, like people, people take it down. Right. It's because you're not getting the instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. that you're looking for yeah man it's like you you look at if you ever pay attention to this the next time you open up your app you're always looking in the right bottom side of the screen because that's where your notifications pop up you ever notice that i do it's crazy right i do, I do. dude yeah. that's that's that concept of what i My talk about goes to the heart all the time all the time right it's yeah. created this trigger response with us that we're becoming like trigger happy. Like I need that feedback. I need that. It's like you're addicted to likes, mm. right? That literally, man, social media apps have used some of that psychology. And I talk about these subconscious programs on such a deep level for that reason. Can't, and I, you know what I start to do? I'll open up the app and I'll put my hand over that just so that I can't, so that I don't wait. Notice there's always a delay too. Like you open the app, it loads up, and then there's a delay before that those icons pop up. Interesting. I never noticed that. I'll take a look next time. Dude, notice your behaviors. It's crazy, dude. And what are you getting programmed to do? It's they're creating. They're almost creating an addiction for you to come back for that your your dose. It's like ah, here you go. People like you. Ah, here you go. Look how many followers you got. How many people commented and shared and and whatever reposted. Like it's like. So I start almost blocking that because I don't want to be so addicted to that response and that feedback. I want to do something because my favorite thing to do from time to time is go back to the beginning of my profile and just kind of like look at how I've advanced and evolved. And I think to myself like, yo, what type of like narrative am I creating? What type of experiences am I, you know, trying to memorate and, and go back and look on and relive through that? So it's like as long as I'm creating a profile that I'm proud of, that I know is helpful for others, it really helps me to get away from some of that because it, it's difficult, especially when, like you said, building a brand, trying to expand the message and all of that, you start to gauge how well you're doing by how others are responding. And sometimes the people who need your stuff the most or benefit from your stuff the most never even like it. Mm. They never even like it. They don't comment on it. Why? They're navigating through their storm that they can't really tell you about it just yet. And then a couple years later, you know, whatever it is, they start to pop up and you, but, or you'll see them consistently watching what you're doing or what you're up to. It's like there's, there's benefit there for everybody, but you can't do it because of what they're saying. You know, I've never been in the, we've talked about this before. Only one person in our entire, in my entire life that I've seen make good out of bad situations. It was Dennis Straw, Dennis Strawsacker, the only athlete that played better when he was pissed off. Yeah. That's the only person I know. He was such a savage. He bro. was just next level. He did the most impressive thing I've ever seen anyone do. Mm -hmm. He threw seven innings, came in and let's just say it was a Monday, threw seven innings. Wednesday closed out a game like three innings. Right. Friday through seven innings. Unbelievable. I remember his dad being pissed. <laughs> his dad was so tight. He's like, this motherfucker's throwing his arm out. But it's like, yo, there's a different level. There's a different beast. Yeah. Yeah. Some people have it, dude. Some yeah. people have it. But I just noticed that's not me. I'm not the on the spot, oh, I'm, I'm about to prove you wrong kind of guy. I'm just not me.
Like, I think the only time opposite attracts are in science. Like, for me, I, I vibe more off of, for me to get positive, I have to insert positive. Mm. I can't try and use negative energy that you give me and try and convert it to positivity. It's it just draining on you. Yeah. Just, like I said, for some people, it works great. But in getting to know myself and how I'm wired, I'm like, yo, that's just not my thing. I need good energy. How do you balance your... I already started it off on the wrong foot because I know you love what you're doing or else you wouldn't be doing it. And you wouldn't be traveling the world doing all the stuff that you're doing. But how do you balance finding a happy medium between your work and your craft and your personal life slash just, let me just chill. Let yeah. me not always worry about the craft. Mm -hmm. Where Where's your balance? What do you do to balance? And this is also coming from someone that would love this kind of feedback. Yeah for myself yeah yeah you know what man this past week i got some feedback from loved ones and this is why i love that you started with that word feedback mm. i got some feedback from some loved ones they said yo you care so much about your work i feel like i'm just a a, a like a a, a a number on your to-do list like you just show up you check it off the list and you go next on to the next thing and i was like wow that's crazy because i really am taking time away from work and things that I'm passionate about and a lot that I have to do to be here and I want to be here but I'm so split-minded focused I'm here with you but I'm focused or thinking about work that you don't feel that I'm dedicated to you mm. you know listening and getting feedback even from my mom and my aunt and 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 you know I'm sacrificing and do everything for them but you start to be like why am I misunderstood often so it's been I've done a good job of it in the past right now it's a little bit more difficult because with so much free time and you're working from home it's difficult to divide that, right? Like you, you're sleeping in the same space, you're working in the same space, space, you're eating in the same space. There's not much to go to, so there's no disconnects between them. So it becomes very difficult. But I think what I've done to balance it is be more open to feedback. Listen to your impact or how people are speaking about the impact you have on them based on how you're going about your business. And it's like, you've got to value that perspective. We understand the, the dedication. So I started being more open to feedback. Look, yo, am I spending quality time with the fam? Am I doing at least one movie a week? Am I doing some of those things that it's not just like they said, oh, yo, that killed me, dude. Like, yeah, I know. I know it definitely killed you because I know tough. the kind of person you are. Yeah, it's tough. It's like, yo, you're, I feel like I'm just a, what do they say? Like a, something on your to-do list. Mm. And I was like, nah, come on. Like that's Well, tough. you know, I shouldn't. You shouldn't feel bad because I do think someone like you, and I can only speak f for you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on this one. You're doing it for them also. Oh, bro. So that's why it does suck that you heard that, but just to play a little devil's advocate and sort of like pick you up a little bit in that in with, with that experience, it's like, yo, you're doing that for them. Yeah. So it's sacrifice, man. Yeah. You're sacrificing your time, the chilling, like... I'm sure you don't go to all your boys' birthdays. I don't. I'm sure you don't go every time they invite you out. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I think in, in the last five years, I've invited you out, I think, two times. One time was the Connor night. Right. We were watching Connor at, at Rockies. Yeah. And then, like, the high school reunion. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I understand that you're doing something that that's, again, it's it's our relationship. So I understand that you're doing something that's bigger in the grand scheme of things from you yeah. and i know that like i don't like being a burden for someone also right you know right. what i'm saying because i don't want people being a burden with me right yeah. but i take 
because there are times where I'm disconnected with friends and with family. And, you know, like I do pretty well streaming, but it's weird for people to understand that, like, y'all, I'm working right now, but I'm right. playing video games. Right. Uh, I'm working right now, but I'm editing a video that I'm going to put out. It's mm-hmm. like, still doesn't hit right. Where I take solace in those discussions is like, yo, I'm doing all this for you. 100%. Like, my main goal is the retirement thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yo, y'all put in the time, man. It's, right. it's on me now. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, and if I could encourage you, man, I crossed that that line, uh, you know, two or two and a half years ago where I was able to be like, yo, mom, that's it. Pack it up. Yeah. You, you know? talked about that last time you were on here, Yeah, man. that that was a, a phenomenal feeling. You know, till this day, it's like, yo, that's it. You've done your job. Like, you've more than enough, right? Like, I got you now. Now, for me, I'm, you know, working toward buying our first home. Mm. You know, it's so important to me. So like, to your point, they see it as, oh, I'm just a, an item on your to-do list. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm trying to buy us our first home. Yeah. You know, like that, that, and you feel misunderstood. You feel hurt. I got, I got very, I rarely get emotional, dude, like ever. Well, you know what I think it also is? They don't look at you as an item. They don't look as, they don't look at you as an investment. Mm-hmm. They don't, they expect you to do well, but I think one of the reasons why you do all this stuff, one of the reasons why I do all this stuff is they've never asked me for anything. Right. Outside of being like myself, being cool, and like staying out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they see that in you. And I think people that are hearing this, when you have those conflicts with people, especially when they're loved ones and especially when you're doing it for them, right. I think there's great gratitude in the idea that they're doing it because they like you for you they're not expecting a handout right or or something to return back on their investment like you yeah said. it's not like I'm, it's, yeah you're right you're right That's yeah good. you That's know good. like yo i remember i was i was recently talking to some girl for a couple of months and then it just like fell through and one thing she said that was really alarming to me was like man i wasted my time and i was like oh I'm sorry. I didn't know it was a fucking investment. Like, Mm-mm. I didn't know that you were supposed to get something out of this as far as, like, bigger than that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, yo, I didn't know that I was an object and you tried to, Yeah. I wouldn't say exploit, but does, does that yeah, make yeah. sense? No, that's, that's that. What I talk, you know, when we talked about the whole concept of uh, having around people around you who love you unconditionally. You know, it's, it, it, that's exactly what that means. I mm. love you just because, not because of what I'm going to get from you, not because of what you do for me. The love is pure. But you know what the part, and, and I love that we're having this honest conversation because in evaluating what happened, I realized that I could have done a better job communicating, mm. you know, like reminding, even it's, even though it's known, but it's like, you know, hey, I'm sorry I'm not spending as much time. I'm really focused on X, Y, Z. Now they're not thinking in their mind, you know, 64 million scenarios. Oh, he probably doesn't care for us anymore. Look how he just locks himself up in the office. He just wants to work. It's, it's like, you know, at the very least, because we care, we should still take time, regardless of what's happening, to go back and communicate, you know, apologize, show some level of love and appreciation or, you know, something, a little bit of something, man. It's like there's a, a great quote that said, people will forget what you say. People forget what you do but they'll never forget how you make them feel. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like those little moments that you can just cherish and show your appreciation for somebody, a loved one, family member, whatever it is, even on the path of the journey or the grind or the hustle to be like, yo, I, I'm working towards this, but just know I, I, I love you. 
That's all it is, dude. And I bet that would make their day like, oh, I'm so good. Go work. You go get it. Like, yeah, go yeah. kill it, right? They would be, because they, they just need a little something. But you can't expect to not make any deposits into a relationship that you care about and expect that you can just keep making withdrawals and the money's going to be there for you. Well, I just think there's also a lot of people don't just appreciate things that we take for granted. Yeah. I take pride in things that people take for granted. It's just little, little interactions. You know what I've done since the beginning of the year? One of my New Year's resolutions, and I can honestly tell you that I've been doing it. Mm -hmm. Once a week, I text someone that I haven't spoken to in a long time. Wow. Not expecting anything, not wanting anything. Oftentimes, 80% of the time, I don't even follow up. Wow. I just say, hey, man, just thinking about you today. Uh, hope you're doing well. Hope the fam is good. Hope work is good. Whatever. Whoever I'm talking to. Right, 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 right. It's like just checking in, dropping in. And also what I do is I also text dash Nick, Nick Deus or uh, Lamb. Because right, right. like, yo, I lost like half the contacts in my phone because I got a new phone now. Right. So like, I don't get offended when, when someone texts me and, and like, or I who text this? them and they're like, yo, who this? I'm sorry. Right. It's like, yo, it's happening to me now too. Right, so it's right, cool, right. you know? Right. Like I don't trip over stuff like yeah. that, you know? But I think it's, I think it's just like showing, like, yo, if there's someone that you like, like, yo, I used to, I used to hate the idea of, of going to a meet and greet, like mm. going to see someone you're a fan of. I used to be like, yo, that shit is corny, son. I'm going to wait online just to see someone. Right. But it's like, yo, going back to how we started this whole conversation, Kobe. Right. And I wasn't a Kobe guy. It's crazy. Like now, I, when there's a chance, I want to go meet Stone Cold Steve Austin. Even if it's 30 seconds. Right. I just want to be like, yo, fam, you have no idea what you mean to me, bro. Oh, I start crying and shit with my Stone Cold vest. You know, like, I just want to tell the people that I'm a fan of, people yeah. whose work I admire and I look up to, like, yo, I love what you're doing. Yeah. And dude, you know what, too? The energy, believe it or not, we talked about energy. The energy that, that is exchanged in that moment you'll be surprised at how much it charges you. Mm. Like it recharges you in a crazy way because here's someone who you have followed and admired for so long that you get in their physical space and whether you know it or not, you get a charge. You're like, yo, I just met. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that's a big deal. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember, and again, when I started my journey, dude, I, before I got to owning a business, I was legit working as a waiter in the hospitality industry. And we did an event one time. It was for uh, this big restaurateur. He was getting married. At the wedding was, what's the guy's name? Tony, he was the tight end for the Kansas City Chief back in Tony the day. Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez was there, right? Um, a whole, like it was a bunch of celebrities, right? Athletes, entrepreneurs, models, everybody you can think of. The one person, I did not even speak to them. I was within 10 feet. <laughs> and look at me, just getting excited thinking about it. Dude, I walked by with a tray of food in my hand, and I just noticed a voice, and I look over. Derek Jeter. Bro, lost it. Lost it. I was like, yo, I don't care if I get fired tonight. Mm. Derek Jeter's in the same space. He was there with his wife, Mika Kelly. And I'm like, yo, that's insane. Right? But that charge for someone you've admired for so long, it does so much, man. So I would say, dude, being able to get into that same space, next level. Yeah. Next level. That's not his wife anymore. You know that, right? What's her? What's the? What's the new one? Uh, well, Hannah Jeter is her name. She was a Sports Illustrated model. They have a kid. Oh. 
Uh, Minka have two daughters now or something? I think so. I haven't kept up Minka with Kelly was from Friday Night Lights. My first celebrity crush. Really? Minka Kelly. Oh, wow. I met her one time. So that was before he got married to She the came, uh, she was shooting a show or a movie by my job. And my job, like, on Park Avenue, it's a very nice area. Mm-hmm. So a lot, like, Billions has been there. Um, Law and Order constantly. Like, my wow. dad has seen Ice-T so many times. She came out like, yo, you know the Drake song, uh, yeah. sweatpants, hair tied. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, she came out with her assistant and I was just like chilling up against like the guardrail. She came by and like, we kind of just like smiled at each other. And then I was just like, yo, hold on. Like, right. Is that Kelly? <laughs> then I pull up my phone and shit and I look and then I'm sitting down on the guardrail and she comes by and she's looking at the display of the donuts. Hey, full circle. <laughs> the donuts. And she's just like looking at it and. She she keeps like uh, like she's talking but she's like eyeing it. So I just come over and I was like, "Hey, do you want something?" She's like, oh, "I love chocolate donuts." So I go into the cart, I get it. She's like, "Whatever her system's name was." She's like, "Yo, can you go get my wallet?" I was like, "Yo, you don't gotta pay." Right. I was like, "Yo, I know who you are. You're my favorite celebrity." Like, <laughs> she's like "Oh, how old are you?" I was like, oh, "I'm 25 at the time." Right. She's like, "Friday Night Lights." I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Yeah, I get that often." I was like, "Yo, yeah, <laughs> you don't stop acting up." Oh, that's hilarious. So. With me, going back to SummerSlam, same vibes, dude. I got taken backstage to SummerSlam. Hmm. The guy that opens up the, the the curtain, Triple H. Wow. No photos, no acknowledgement of each other. Just like, yo, from me to you. Vince McMahon, Brock Lesnar. Wow. Poof, my fucking head exploded. Right. And I bet that's one of the things that got you back on track, would you say? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, from that weekend on. From that weekend on. That's why that 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 weekend is only behind the Giants winning Super Bowls. Mm. Have you ever made that connection? Have you ever like deeply said, man, I wonder what got me back on track or what sparked that momentum for me to get back on track? You ever thought about it? I would say like it it started to turn things around for me, but then I still like I finished the year off really down still. But it was Mm -hmm. an increase from where, where I was prior to that. Nice. You know? So Man, I, I feel you about the energy thing. Like, that was the same experience that I've had. And, and going back to the admiration from someone, mm-hmm. someone who, you know, like one of our old coaches, Coach Hernandez, called me one time. And I had him on the I had him on the show, too, last summer. Yeah. It's just like, yo, I like what you're doing, man. Keep going. Nice. Something that's short and simple. It's just like, man, they go a long way. They're yeah. going a long way. Stop having so much pride to, like, tell someone that you care for them or love them or you like what they do. Right. You know, it just... No matter how big that person might be, you, you never know how that interaction could go. Yeah. And it's not, many things are not as much of a coincidence as we think we are, or they are, right? Like when you really feel deeply connected to someone, although you've never met them, yeah, I know you can think, oh, it's like a, a fan type of vibe, but it's like, no, there's probably some serious, like you're not just going to gravitate to somebody for, you know, no obvious reason. There's something there that, that brings you to them, right? Go acknowledge that. Like, go discover what that is. And it's like wanting to learn more. Like, man, I wonder what, what is it about Nick that I'm so, you know, like I feel like we vibe or we get on the same page. It's like when you meet them, then you kind of like, you might acknowledge that. You might figure out something about yourself that you can, you know, it, un- it unlocks you somewhere down your path. You know, it's like the whole thing with Eric Thomas, man. Like, I met this dude the summer of 2012. Mm. Like people think I just been like, oh, I just met him a couple years ago. And like I've been around this dude for close to ten years now. How much in the beginning were you just showing up to the? I know you've told me this, but 
going back to what we said about like, yo, sometimes you got to grind and you got to put in some effort without expecting anything and without making any money. Like how much from 2012 until where you are now, how much time did you put in just showing up to speaking events in Philly or DC or wherever yeah. in the tri-state Yeah. before you ended up building this relationship where you guys started texting each other and calling yeah. each other. And, and, and sorry that I said that, but I know yeah. you've shared it before where like your relationship, because I think that's very important, man. Like yeah. you're, it, it's no matter how big that person is, eventually you start to build the rapport with them. You start to build chemistry with them. There's the vibe, the energy that we're talking about going back to, Twitch, like Twitch, that's one of the big appeals to Twitch that people have is that you have that relationship with the person that you're a fan of or that right. you support or that you like. Right. And it just hits different. Dude, the people that work, quote unquote, work because, well, actually, you know what? They do work. I, I could say that. It's I met them all through social media and just like, you know, this kid E Killer all the time. He would tweet, he would tweet, he would tweet. Eventually, you start like, all right, yo, I see this all the time, the same name, you know, right. my, uh, my buddy Alex, who now does, who now does the graphics, who I flew out to Vegas with me, didn't make the kid pay for anything mm. because he gave me a year of his time where he grinded the shit out of every, anything I asked him to do, he would do it. Didn't expect anything from me. That's dope. And I was just like, yo, bro, I know you like the UFC, let's go make a weekend out of it. Go, mm. let's, let's shoot some things. Wow. So like, how long did that take for you from... When you first met E.T. to not where you're at now to where you got to a point where like, yo, I still admire him and I still look up to him. But he's a friend now. Right. Yeah, man. So between 2012 and 2016, I was just a supportive listener, someone who, you know, we kept in contact from time to time. But I was finishing up college, graduated, went back to New York City trying to like make it happen. It wasn't until 2016 that I went back to an event and we kind of rekindled you know, like that conversation, like, oh, what's I haven't seen you in so long? What's going on? Boom. And then I started showing up to events more regularly. But literally from that event, which was in Atlanta in April of 2016 or 17, I believe, 2017, April 2017, um, the very next event I started going to and I was volunteering. Mm. So I was standing at the door, opening, you know, opening and closing the door for attendees to come into the conference. Uh, went to Philly, went to D.C., went to Houston, went to Cali. Um, man, like so many, so many places, right? So many cities that I was going out on my own dime to volunteer. Okay, so you just answered my question that I was going to ask you. Yeah, like bro. You're, you're going out of your way, paying for you all know, this legit stuff on your volunteering. Own. But I was in a space where I was serving, but I was observing or absorbing what is happening in the room. Right? Talk about gaining experience in an area or an industry that you're passionate about. So I was getting that knowledge of how things are done. And then before you know it, the opportunity presented itself. I think we were in, was it North Carolina or Charlotte? Oh, we were in Charlotte. And we started talking about how we can introduce some of the work, you know, through personal and professional development in baseball. Mm. And he was like, yo, you play baseball. Talk to me about boom, 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 boom. And before you know it, we started talking, just conversing regularly, right? Like, yeah, we've always had the relationship, but now we're conversing regularly. And then... Before, you know, one, one, one thing goes to another and now we're partnered on a venture and working together on a, a much deeper level, man. So it's like, you just never know, again, when the time was going to come. And I pride myself on having a pure heart. So I never did it like, yo, I can't wait till he puts me on. I was doing it and I was like, yo, I'm going to do what I got to do to kind of establish myself in my own right. And yeah, it was a struggle and a difficult zone get out, but it, it, it worked out at the end. That's, that's all I have to show for it. I think that's why it worked out for you. Mm-hmm. 
because you didn't do that with those intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I a lot of people say that, but they don't mean it. Yeah. But I know with you, that was the case. And I think that if you were to ever have this conversation with him, he would tell you the same thing. Yeah, yeah, no, he knows it. He knows it. We talk yeah. about it all the time. It's like, yeah, look, I don't know. You know, we talk about this conversation of gifts and talents a lot. Like, what were you born and gifted to do? Right, for him, like we talk about the sound of his voice, that that just that ability to really bring hope and inspiration to people. Can work ethic be something that's gifted? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's acquired though. It's like nature versus nurture. Nurture. Yeah, I think it's acquired. I think so too. Yeah, I that's think it's what acquired. I would. Yeah. I don't know if you. I don't know if somebody's born to work hard because it's like how you're programmed, right? Like how you grow up. But circumstances definitely influence absolutely, it too. Absolutely. But that's why the beautiful thing about it is that if it's not, if you're not born with it, that's okay. It can be acquired. Regardless if you're 30, 40, 50, like you hear conversations or stories about people who blew up in their doggone 70s, right? Like the KFC, right? Like the dude was, I think he was like 70 something years old when he finally got his break. All right. <laughs> think about that. Think about that. That's crazy. Right. Yeah, man. No, it's like when you study success and you're really about it, dude, like you realize Warren Buffett didn't make nearly much of his fortune until well into his 50s or 60s. All right. So like it's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a serious thing. You've got to be dedicated to the long haul. I don't care what any of influencers are showing you online. You've got to be invested for the long haul. That's when you really start getting some traction. Listen, man, I can talk to you for another two hours. We just did two hours. You're home. I I like that we do this once in a while. Yeah. Because I think it's important to not n- not take away from how valuable I think these conversations could be. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because I agree. a lot of people, uh, no bullshit, man, a lot of people are like, yo, you got to get Moose back on. You got to get Mustafa back on. And it's like, I want him on. Right. You know, I was planning on not inviting you to come back to my crib for this mm. i wanted you to be the first person that i invited to the new studio nice because i wanted you to see i wanted you to like be proud of me right. and be proud of what i've done and i know how you are and, and your spirit and your energy you'd be like you would leave that shit inspired right you'd be like yo i like what he's doing man like Absolutely. this shit is dope like yeah. that's fire like your whole setup you know so like selfishly I didn't want you to come back here for that reason. Yeah. So that's why I held out all this time, yeah. you know, because I wanted it to be, because it's genuine, man. Like there's not a lot of people, bro, who, when you tell them certain things, you can tell that the vibe is right. Mm-hmm. As far as like, they're not just saying it to make you feel better. It's like, yo, that's how they honestly feel. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I haven't asked you to come back on. Hey, you know? I, hey it's, it's, uh, I'm glad you did that, and I'm glad you've been telling me about it. But I know you're super close, man, and um, I'm I'm really excited for that to happen for you. You know, we've had conversations about this. You've called me about it multiple I times. I asked for your like, advice too. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yo, yeah. because yeah. you did it too. Yeah. You did it too. Yeah. By the way, best investment I've ever made. You know, because it really helped me to understand the difference between what it what it's like to have a space for work. Mm. You walk into those four walls. I don't care if you put the phone on. Do not disturb. I don't care if you chuck it in the garbage, right? You understand that this is the space to work. And it create you know, that's one of the things that helped me create balance at that time. Because I wasn't sleeping, eating, and working in the very same space. I had separation. So I'm really excited for that for you because it's gonna you're gonna automatically see things go to another level. You're gonna work less and produce greater quality, mm. right? Which is awesome. I like, think about that. More success with less effort. 
and you have balance, that's a win-win. Yep. And that's what that space is going to create for you. I'm excited for that. Tell the people where they could find you. Tell us more about this. Is it a weekly show that you do? Yeah, we do. So we're on on uh, Facebook Live every Tuesday and Thursday, right? You'll find info about the show and everything that I do on Instagram primarily. I'm even back on Twitter a little bit trying to get go. my there tweet game strong, right? Um, I'm on all platforms with my first name, uh, M-O-S-T-A-F-A underscore. My last name, Gonim, G-H-O-N-I-M. So I hang out primarily on Instagram and popping up on Twitter. And now we got the show on Facebook and YouTube as well. So, uh, yeah, we we, we, we trying, to, trying to be like you a little bit, Nick. Man, just keep keep hustling, bro. Indeed. Keep hustling. And it's good to uh, not spread yourself thin. But also, like, when you're having fun with it, man, the, the, the ceiling is endless. Yeah. You know, so... I love it. I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of you. Uh, I appreciate you. Everything. I'm going to have all the things in the bio mm-hmm. on there too. At the Lame Show is where you can find me. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find the show. My brother, it was a pleasure. I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, until next time when we're in the studio. Indeed. Love you too, homie. You watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Hey guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup Rocky from a local rescue. Now, when people ask me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark Dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.